This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Dead and Lovely. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. It's so easy, even a homeschooler like me can do it. <laughs> Podbean provides everything that you need to run your own podcast that you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your cellular telephone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's, That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Check, Check it, it out. out. <laughs> So, Steve, you know that I'm an idea man. Yeah, that is true. I'm a person who just generates some ideas. I got some concepts. They're always coming. I had a good one over the weekend, and I'm seeking I'm investors excited. for this. You heard it here first. Uh-huh. DM me for opportunities on investing in the mm-hmm. next hot business. I got this idea for a chain All right. of conservative Christian pottery studios Okay. called Jesus Take the Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> are you in or are you out? I'm in. You're fucking in. in. You're fucking in, man. It sounds amazing. Jesus, take the wheel. Pottery <laughs> studio for Christians. You got you got to learn to let Jesus flow through you. Yeah. As your pot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with it. Okay. How much, how much money do you need? You know, I think I just need a couple cool mil. Oh, a couple cool mil. We could easily get that together. Come on, guys. Send in your money. Yeah. We'll have Jesus take the wheel <laughs> all across the South. One in every city, for sure. <laughs> we'll be rich as hell. Definitely starting in the Southeast, <laughs> I imagine. Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, to the greatest horror movie and entrepreneurial concept <laughs> podcast that there is. It's dead and lovely with him. Me, Hollywood Steve, and him. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Ooh, we Ooh. fucked all up with that one. We kind of did, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We're here today to be talking about Escape from St. Louis, uh, New York. <laughs> and, totally uh, New York. You know, it's totally yeah. New York. <laughs> if you want to get straight onto the movie review, you can find the timestamp in the podcast description and get right to it, but you're going to miss the good stuff. That's you're going to miss some cold beer. You're going to miss some chit chat about what we've been up to this week. You're really just going to be missing out. You're going to be missing what out. What would be the point? Yeah. Steve, I think you're. A year older than when I seen you last. That's true. I'm a 40-year-old man. You're a 40-year-old? I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> You're over the hill. Yeah. Damn, uh, how's it feel, man? About, it feels about like 39. But yeah, little, similar, huh? Yeah. yeah. But now people are like 40. Uh. <laughs> uh. They say it that way? Yeah, right? I don't look forward to that very much. Once you hit 40, that's what they say. Well, the thing is, is like I remember... When I was a kid and like my parents turned 40, like yeah. to boomers and stuff, 40 means like, so you're about to die, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you sat me next to a 40 year old when we were kids, you would be like, oh, that guy next to him is obviously 70. Mm-hmm. If yeah. he's 40, that, that other dude's 70. Must be a million yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, I think, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't come off as 40 by the face. Hell yeah. That's right. Because of, uh, you know handsomeness and whatnot you still got tons of hair and up all there, the too. hair yeah all kinds of hair all hair over that and handsome thing. cover a whole lot of age they cover a whole lot of <laughs> sins a multitude of <laughs> sins i tell you that how was your birthday man it was great emily and i ate some uh, mexican food we uh, drank some booze we had a screaming chat yeah for my on my birthday Very we watched because nice. it was friday the 13th we watched never hike alone that fan flick yeah the yeah fan yeah. flick yeah how was that uh, let me say first <laughs> how I feel about fan flicks. Is it better than any fan flick that we've ever made? 
Yes. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Better than any fan flick I've ever made. Um, Put that in the plus column. Plus column for that. I Listen, when you sit down to write a fan flick, here's what you do. You go ahead and write your fan flick, and yeah. then you go back through and you remove every reference to whatever movie it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're tra- and now you just make a horror movie. Oh, you just make your own movie. Instead. Yeah, now you have a movie... And you can show it to people and be like, look at the movie I made. Oh. And if they go, hey, this huh. kind of reminds me of Friday the 13th, then it's like, yeah, it's an inspiration. And people will be like, hmm. cool, I like Friday the 13th. You had an original idea. Yeah, great. Good on you. Yeah. I heard from some people that really liked that uh, that Never Hike Alone. It's though. well directed. It's okay. not, it's not, it doesn't look bad. Okay. It doesn't look bad. And the guy playing Jason does a great job. It's on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can watch it for free. It's cheap as free. Yeah, might as well check it out if you're, if you're into fan flicks. If you're not into fan flicks, I mean... Don't waste your time. It's, I mean, it's not going to win you over because... I'm a changed man. Yeah, it, it really is. Just at the end of it, to me, it was just like, could have just made this your own movie. I do understand that you get more attention by it being a Friday the 13th fan. Oh, yeah. Club. I mean, I'm sure that like 90% of the people that watched that watched it because yeah. it was a Jason movie. Exactly. So I understand wanting that attention, but then does that attention lead to you getting a job doing anything else right like mm. is anybody is anybody at, at new line or not new line uh miramax yeah whoever whoever owns uh friday the 13th is anybody there like we should get this person in to work on the next one hmm. I, I i'm asking genuinely like if anybody knows of a fan flick that that it's gotten the director or writer or actors or whatever an actual like job i'd like to know word yeah because hmm. uh, to me it just seems like that's what you're aiming for, right? It's got to be your aim. Like, they'll get me to work on this flick, because otherwise, what's your point? Yeah, why would you do it? Yeah. Right anyway, on, but uh, yeah, uh, well directed, and the guy again, the guy playing Jason, good, great job, wicked. Yeah. Um. Uh, was, anyway, yeah, uh, that was uh, that was. What else did we do? Uh, fuck. We got real drunk. <laughs> sniff some glue. We got real drunk. We sniffed some glue, and that was about it. My, I mean, I don't do a whole lot on my birthday. I'm not a big celebrator. I don't like for people to make a big deal out of Dude, it. Dude, I get it. And especially, yeah. it seems like the older I get, the more I feel like the pressure to be having a good time and right. also making sure everyone's having a good time. And it's like, nah, I'd rather just hang, because I know I'm going to have a good time with my wife. Yeah. I know I'm going to have a good time at the screaming chat. So for me, it was like, those are perfect things. That's all I want to plan. You know, if uh, after the screaming chat, we want to watch a movie, we'll figure that out at that point. Well, there you go, man. Good on you. Glad you had yourself a good old Gabert's Tog. What else have you been doing, man? Uh, What have I been doing? Fuck. I've been watching some stuff. Yeah. Stuff and things. Tell me about them. Um, You know, we we, on Friday night watched Never Hike Alone. And on Sunday, Ice Cream Sunday, we watched uh, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. I seen that a long time ago. Yeah. I remember not, like, hating it. You know, honestly, um, if you... Because, like, the most of most of the hate when it came out was, this is nothing like the movie we yeah, all just like enjoyed. Or yeah, I mean, there's, like, some elements that are supposed to be found footage, but it's obviously, like, shot by somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but if you eliminate that, if you forget that, there's some good stuff in there. I, I, It's not great if, to my mind, but some people love it. So uh, check it out. It's on Hulu. Worth Might a well. watch, I think. Yeah, worth a watch. Uh, also watched Escape Room. Now, I've talked about no Escape Room on here This is not twice that. before. This is not that. 
See, no escape room is the sci-fi knockoff of escape room. Seriously? Yeah. And that's as much as they did to the title. They were like, no, yeah. escape room. No, escape room. I think that's probably what happened in the boardroom meeting is they were like, so escape room? And they're like, no, 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 no. no. Escape room. Oh, so no escape room. Uh, no. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. But he had like already written it down. No, it was no, like, that's print it. it. Print it. <laughs> Go. Uh, no escape room and escape room. Uh, honestly, both have their flaws and are both uh, interesting in certain ways i think escape room's probably better better acted it's like saw if everybody worked together that sounds nice yeah and also way less gory and a little less cynical though still pretty fucking cynical word it's okay okay yeah. all right uh, there's a sequel that just came out like last month so is it called yes escape room i think so i think it's called yes escape room <laughs> I also watched Freddy vs. Jason on Friday the 13th because I was looking for a Friday the 13th movie and apparently they're all on stars and I don't have stars. Oh. But HBO Max has the Jason titled ones. So right, right, right. Jason X. Yeah. Freddy, yeah. Freddy vs. Jason and Jason X are is there. It, is it aging like fine wine? Is it's, it just a fucking masterpiece still? You know, um, it's got the moments where Freddy and Jason are fighting the best. It is like uh, it's choreographed like a professional wrestling match. It's it's so much like uh, like Freddy's the heel, mm-hmm. Jason's cool. the right. like Kane type of character. It fucking it's it's cool. All the rest of the movie is terrible. <laughs> Probably the worst written wow. uh, movie of the entire series. For not real? that it's the worst movie, right? It's not the worst Friday the Thirteenth or the worst Nightmare on Elm Street. But the writing is the worst, and the acting is probably the worst. So I still have never watched it. I'm kind of saving it just for the show oh, at this yeah. point. Same then, with J- yeah, uh, I, Jason you, X. I haven't watched it either. Oh, well, Jason oh, wait, X. Wait, wait. No, I'm sorry. Jason X I have seen. Jason okay. Goes to Hell I haven't watched oh, okay. that one either. Jason X, definitely worth a watch. Yeah, it is. Uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Oh, boy. I can't wait to get to that one because I rewatched <laughs> it kind of recently, and it, it is, it's bonkers. Yeah. It's very I've heard. strange. I've yeah. heard, man. Yeah. Okay, so Freddy versus Jason. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's like they, tr- it's more like a Friday the 13th movie with Freddy Krueger in it. Okay, makes than sense. Than it is, like, the nightmare parts are f- good-ish, mm-hmm. but it- it's really more of a Friday the 13th movie, it feels like to me. Word. Yep. Anyway, I also watched a little movie called John Carpenter's The Fog. Oh, yeah? yeah that's a good one. Yeah, that's the movie he directed right before this, and I just kind of wanted to remember where he was at because he had just, you know, 70, 80, had done Halloween. Then he did the Elvis biopic with uh, with Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Yeah. Then he had two more, like, uh, two more uh, films to do for AFCO Embassy, and he did The Fog, and then he was supposed to do Philadelphia Experiment, but there were some issues, and then he ended up doing this. And, like... If you look at those three movies, Halloween, The Fog, and Escape from New York, he he was churning out gold. Killing it. Like, totally killing it, man. killing it at yep. the early part of his career. Like, just awesome stuff. And then, it, it, I mean, it didn't slow down. <laughs> it Fuck just no, man. killing it. So, yeah, anyway. I mean, it did slow down eventually, obviously. We yeah, get yeah. to, like, John Carpenter's Vampires and The not Ward so and much. stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, I'm not, not as interested. But, but there for a little while. Winning streak, yeah, man. Should have bought him some lotto tickets then and there. Seriously. He was on a hot streak, man. The Fog is great. I think I've actually only seen it, like, once. Oh, dude. really? Yeah. We need to do that. We need to do that. It's a fucking... It, man... 
It's so okay. So pirate um, ghost man, that's cool. Yeah, I believe it was Rob Sanzone that on the the uh, Facebook group that uh, you can kind of see Halloween, the Fog, and Halloween Three as like an anthology series. Oh, yeah, and and I get that. Like they, they like they kind of have this like American mythology sort of quality to them. Even though obviously the third one is t- you know dealing with. Um, what do you call it? Uh, Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. It's still very American. And it's, like, it's still very American and it's like capitalist. Oh, yeah. Evil yeah. Consumerism, sure. Like, it, it feels like. It, that it, does work when you see those yeah, two like that. Yeah. It feels like if he they had let him do his like Halloween anthology series, The Fog would have been called Halloween 2. Sure. Yeah. That's a cool alternate reality yeah, I'd like to step like into. Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Halloween 3. It's like just. Because they they use some like all the same actors and stuff too. Yeah, it's, it's American Horror Story style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it would have been great. So, fucking awesome observation, Rob. Very nice. Yeah. Way to go, Rob. Uh, also, the uh, Jack of All Graves book club had their first meeting. What you mean that Jack of All Graves? That other podcast? The yeah. only other podcast that there is? The only other podcast that there is. Uh, Jack of All Graves. Uh, Corey and and Mark. I well. Mark wasn't there, though I believe he was reading the book, but uh, Corey had conducted a little book club meeting where we all read the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Oh, I've heard Grady of this. Hendrix. Yeah. Uh, good. Is good it book. good? Uh, yeah, it was enjoyable. Very much. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, it's a funny book, yeah? No. It's not a funny book. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> um, the, the title sounds like it's a little jovial. Yeah, and, and the, 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 the cover also gives you the idea that, like, oh, this is going to be a little bit fun. It's dark. Yeah? Very, very dark. Well, see, I'm trying to compile some stuff from my, my All Hallows reading that oh, I yeah. plan on doing. I want to do some good old, you know. I mean, according to us, yeah. it's fucking Halloween season right now. Yeah, no, I'm. I, it's full Halloween already. Yeah. yeah. Anytime after Kate's birthday, which is the day before your birthday. Yeah. It's Halloween. Halloween. I agree. That's just how mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to compile some books and stuff. I want to read that one that Nick Cutter did. What's it called? I think it's called like The Deep or something like that. Okay. It's one that takes place in like the Mariana Trench. Uh-huh. His first book that I read was um, The Troop, which was right. fucking awesome. Disgusting. Really, really <laughs> atmospheric. I thought that was a really cool book. So I want to read that one. Uh, maybe this should go on my list, huh? Yeah. Well, actually, any Grady Hendrix book. Probably, I, I, I mean, I haven't read any of his others, but from the the book club, everybody seemed to be super into his other books, and they're all horror related. So nice, yeah. Um, book club, that's cool, man. Yeah, it's fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, people have suggested that we have a dead and lovely book club in the past, and the one thing that stopped that is me having to do it. Uh, <laughs> I do not want to conduct it, but you know who's great at things, Corey. She is amazing. She got it on lockdown. Yeah, she's awesome. And uh, so if you want to be a part of like a horror book club, uh, you know, we'll post the the link. And and I think the next book is A Head Full of Ghosts. Okay. Paul Tremblay. I've never read it. Never heard of it. But now um, I'm excited to find out about it. Might as well check it out. I'm thinking about starting a back of the shampoo bottle reading club <laughs> for all of us people that yeah. forget our phones when we go to the bathroom yeah. and have to take those fucking analog dumps you know yeah a little analog dump in yeah. the toilet yeah so you uh, gotta read something so sometimes you read the back of a shampoo bottle yeah. and you're like i kind of want to lather up right now this year i mean this used to be an entire like there was a whole like w- before phones yeah 
kids sit down and listen to when grandpa it, talk everybody took acoustic poops yeah. every day you you read the backs of shampoo bottles the back of uh the back of like toothpaste the anything. back of like anything dude but the the real nice houses were the one that had a magazine rack the old magazine right rack, right yep. beside and now i mean now you got some shitty magazines next to you but at my aunt and uncle's house it was always weekly world news yeah my aunt is that the joint or what yeah my aunt had a subscription to weekly world news she thought it was hilarious and she kept them in the bathroom and it was the best like you get to read about bat boy and and all oh, his like antics. national Enquirer kind of shit yeah weekly world news you don't remember it's like the no. black and white Holy oh that's shit. what that was called yeah oh yes okay then yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i yeah, think like so, everybody's meemaw had those at some point oh yeah well you know it depended you because like there were the people who were like well that's obviously foolishness and like you know, they only read the Inquirer or the Star. Yeah, the legit ones. <laughs> the legit ones. <laughs> but there were the people who really knew what was up, and they were like, "No, fucking Bat Boys are sad." Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more about that Bat Boy. So, uh, what have you been up to, Ben? What you been watching? Man, I have had myself another really freaking busy week. Yeah. Uh, it was my wife's birthday. Yeah. So we had ourselves just a good old birthday time, which also included taking a little cabin trip up to our friend uh, Lindsay and Thomas's cabin. Yeah. Which was great, just super relaxing, chill time. While we were there, we drank a copious amount of smooth muscle relaxants. Ah, okay. And we watched ourselves a couple of flicks. Okay. We watched a little fucking movie called Grabbers. Yes. It is a damn delight. Fuck yes. You talked about it a while back whenever you watched it. Uh And Lindsay and Thomas were just like, dude, late night drinking movie. This is perfect. You guys got to watch this. Absolutely perfect. And it started and I was like... This is cool. It's kind of like Scottish trimmers. A little, yeah. Ish. A but little also bit. then a little bit of Shaun of the Dead maybe thrown yeah, in there. Totally. Yeah, totally. And then I was like, wait, I know this movie. Steve's talked about this movie. And yeah. I got so excited because I was like, it's the one where they have to stay drunk the yes. whole time to keep from being eaten by the, <laughs> the monster. Best premise. The best, man. <laughs> God damn. It was so fucking funny. But also, too, like all the effects and stuff. Great. way better than they had yeah. to be yeah it's it's a uh, like seriously if you haven't seen the movie grabbers go watch it. i think it's on hulu or something but I think so yeah yeah go watch grabbers man such a fun time it's an irish movie right yeah yeah i might have said scottish or maybe scottish yeah I anyway get the two mixed up I'm anyway it, it's you'll you'll need your subtitles but it ain't in america <laughs> it ain't in america i'll tell you they don't talk like we do <laughs> They're speaking that Queen's English. They, they don't speak the beautiful American language. They don't talk real good like we do around here in East Tennessee. I tell you this, man. Dude, there's so many lines and stuff in there that are like, I just want to write all these things down so I can use them in yeah. my daily speech. So many fucking stupid insults and shit. It's rad. There's that one part in there where that guy says, he's as pissed as a fart. He's as pissed as a fart. That's yep. one of the funniest fucking lines I've ever heard. That's hilarious. Hilarious, man. <laughs> really, really liked that movie a lot. We also watched Yesterday, which is that movie where the guy like essentially writes all the Beatles songs. There's sort of this weird like blip in reality where suddenly nobody remembers the Beatles. Oh, okay. And so he's like, you know, somebody gives him a new guitar and he plays like Yesterday on it, and everyone's like, where? Where'd you write that song? Where'd this come from? Uh huh. Because nobody remembers the Beatles in this universe. Okay, so. Just like a, a weird what if comic? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But dude, it's really pretty damn good. Like there's cool. some, some cool stuff towards the front of the movie that makes you go like if a band as like amazing as the Beatles were writing these kinds of songs today, yeah. 
do people even have the attention span to notice that they're listening to really good music or is it just background noise? Like there's a lot of stuff like that in there. Yeah. It does have like a kind of shitty like romance angle in there that like sucks. Always got to throw that in. Yeah. And yeah. it sucks because like the, the chick that he's after like really just kind of treats him like shit. And it's just like, this is not how this should go. No. You know, so that felt kind of shoehorned in there, but it was a fun watch. I love the freaking Beatles and stuff. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. Uh, we watched Clue. Yeah. On Kate's Who birthday. And dude, about everybody done it. About this guy, everybody. that lady, about plum everybody. Okay, so I've gone on record as saying I don't really like Clue. I know you have. And this time I tried to watch it with an open mind. Yeah. How'd it's it go? better than I thought. You, it's good. You are corrected as better than you thought. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's good, man. I love it. I really enjoy it. Mm. There's some really good intelligent comedy and stuff in there, and the cast is obviously just mm-hmm. absolutely stacked. fucking stacked, yeah. man. And Hottie Bo Body's up in there. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great one, man. I I love I love Clue. What else you been watching? Dude, the best thing that we watched this week without a fucking doubt is one that I know that you watched before. Fucking Extraordinary. Yes. Dude. Will Forte, Claudio Doherty, a couple other people. It is rad. so fucking yeah. funny. Like, yeah. I don't know the last time that I saw a horror comedy that had me cracking up laughing right. out loud as much as this movie did. Yeah, it's very funny. It's so fantastic, man. I think it kind of came out like right at the start of the pandemic, maybe. So a lot yeah, of people didn't I see it. I believe so. But, dude, I wish that they would have. I think that it's fucking hysterical. Yes. I'll totally watch this every Halloween. It's awesome. I love everything about it. The whole movie just kept me laughing the entire time, man. Really got to recommend that movie super high. Fuck really yeah. fucking good. Also watched a couple episodes of Dark Side of the Ring this week. Oh, man. So the, this Woo. has probably been a hoot. Oh, just real fun. <laughs> real fun stuff. I watched the uh, the Road Warriors episode. Oh, boy. Hawking Animal, dude. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Some Those guys partying. just liked hurting people. They really, really did. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way they described it is like the other guys were, you know, wrestlers trying to act like tough guys and it's like they were tough guys trying to act like wrestlers yeah. they just love beating people up yep. all the time and drugs yeah a <laughs> lot of lot of drugs and fucking booze and damn dude join the power team for a second how about that <laughs> what ripping phone books in half yeah for the lord for the lord i kick ass for the lord the lord hates when people know how to call someone who hasn't given them their number directly yeah should have prayed about it instead <laughs> also hates ice huge blocks of ice Fucking the hates lord ice. ain't here for him jesus if you if you show a water bottle to jesus he will make it explode mm-hmm. instantly yeah definitely yeah maybe he's like a really old crotchety dad where he's like what you need that ice for it's fine in here the, the temperature's fine don't mess with that thermostat <laughs> Put that down. Yeah. Crush that ice. <laughs> Maybe he's like that. I what think he would weird be. weird fucking thing that was. Yeah. It also seemed like it was like too late for that to be a thing. It was like by the late 90s or it was just like everybody was like, this is lame. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was pretty sick. Yeah, of course. You were like, yeah, professional wrestlers. I also hate ice. Oh, that's true. You're so, not a big fan of ice. No. Yeah, ever since what one. happened to Leo. Oh, dude, mm-hmm. I just can't take it anymore. 
can't take it no more. Also watched the Owen Hart episode, which is fucking heartbreaking. Obviously Dude, fucking heartbreaking. He really seemed like the nicest fucking guy yeah. in the world. Yeah. I did not feel great after I watched it, not gonna lie. No. But thankfully we also watched the first two episodes of that new movies that made us series. Oh, okay. So that's fun. Oh dude. First episode's Back to the Future, second episode's Pretty Woman. It was a fucking delight. Yeah. So good, man. There was so much stuff in the Back to the Future one about how like even back then, Crispin Glover was a fucking weirdo. <laughs> yes. Oh, he's always been a fucking weirdo. Yeah. I love that guy, uh-huh. dude. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'd ever want to meet him or hang out with him, but <laughs> I, the stories are just so good. I, I, I say I've met him. I have uh, seen him in the uh, 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 train station in oh, yeah. L.A. and said, hey, I'm a fan. That's it. But, uh, yeah, he from interviews and stuff, he... But I don't know. I've I've heard him in interviews where like the interviewer is obviously like a good interviewer mm-hmm. and he seems normal. Okay. I think he just gets irritated with people pretty and easily. Just turns up the weird. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. No, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've been a pretty good week, man, but I'll tell you what, I gotta I gotta thirst. I gotta hanker in Steve. Me too. I gotta quench this. I gotta put a liquid co beer in my face. Co-beer you down co- with that? Into the mouth. Dude, I've got ourselves a couple of burrs here by Burial in Asheville. Burial. We've been featuring a little bit of their stuff lately. Even though they don't send beer to fucking Knoxville. Listen here, Burial. You're going to get buried. Yeah, come at him. Next bitch. week. Yes, dude. When we fight you in the hell in a cell. <laughs> We're coming for them. <laughs> We're going to get them, man. Dude, I wish that they would because they make things that are good. And this is one that I have not had. This is called... Seekers, aren't we all? Uh-huh. It's an India Pale Ale. I guess we are. I mean, I'm Burial seeking a coat be beer. That's true, and it's right there. It's right here in this can. Already found it. I'm gonna crack it, and then I'm gonna pour it in our cups here, and we're we gonna got, find ourselves a sip of it. We got some fancy Meemaw cups here. We do. I went to the old glassware place and got uh-huh. us some nice old cups for in here in the studio. It's uh, it like I, I'm pretty sure that my great grandmother had some almost exactly like these but they were that brownish like 70s oh 70s color. brown yeah. of course that's all you had to say yeah these are these are rad textured ribbed for her pleasure it's it's a high gripping glass that way if things ever get <laughs> yeah. really wild in here maybe we start getting animated and agitated and swinging our arms around and stuff like that we won't even spill a drop. That'll be great. This has a cloudy look about Ooh, it. It does like have that IPA. pineapple juice kind of look mm-hmm. to it and a little bit of froth on top. It yeah. does smell fucking yeah. dank, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. That smells exactly like what I want an IPA to smell like. Yeah, me too. It's, to it's got that it. aroma of some old fruit. Just some old pineapples and stuff. What's that yeah. do for you? Hell yeah. That's an IPA right there, man. Got those it is, like, and it's a good fruity notes, kind of tropically. There's something in there that reminds me a little bit of um, the Beard Liars home style. Yeah. There's some mm-hmm. kind of like the aftertaste and that little punch of funk that yeah, yeah. you get reminds me of that. It must be whatever hop or whatever they have in here. I don't yeah. know what it says on here. Probably punch of funk hop. It might be that one. They got, uh, what do they have in here? Triple saturated whirlpool of incognito and cryo double dry hopped with hand selected mosaic that's probably what oh, I'm tasting. Yeah. mosaic and idaho gym and dusted with some mosaic cryo so i guess all the hops more hops than yeah. a dang old frong idaho gym's in there yep that's right yeah he used to be a tag team partner of mine back oh in the yeah day. back yeah. in the day yeah back in the uh, independent circuit we were in idaho gym <laughs> What was his Hollywood finisher? Steve and Idaho Jim. It was a country mouse, city mouse type of thing. Got it. Right. Oh, I like that. He yeah, I'd that. wear a suit and he'd wear like a bumpkin ass, like 
<laughs> Hillbilly Jim Hillbilly kind of look up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wasn't his uh, finisher the old potato masher? The potato masher. Hell yeah. Idaho Jim. That's just when he'd do that big swing axe, like. Just like pound you in the ground. Straight the head, like, pound you in the ground type yeah, of thing. Like yeah, like a dang old post. Yep. <laughs> this is how we dig up taters back in Idaho and he'd thump you on the top. That's how you knew it was coming. Idaho that Jim. was his tagline. Yeah. R.I.P. See you at the crossroads, Idaho Jim. You know what? It was rough when he died, but <laughs> I made it through it. <laughs> That's a pretty dang good beer. Fuck yeah. It's not my favorite thing that I've had from them. No, I mean, but it's, I mean, it, if you're looking for a, a nice mosaic IPA, this is fucking it. Oh, man. I'm telling you, they just don't fuck around over there. They mm-hmm. make things that are nice. You really do. Man, I'll tell you what. The I'll movie we're talking about today is Escape from... New York, and Gotta I'll tell out. you this, it features one hell of a hunk. It does. With one hell of one eye. One hell of a single eye. Just a single mm-hmm. eye. Uh, he's a, he's a, a mono-eyed person, that Snake Plissken, <laughs> and he's a fucking hunk. Man, you know what would be cool? If you had an eye patch and a monocle. That's a good look. Oh, hell yeah. What is that movie where a guy has an eye patch and a monocle over the eye patch? Oh fuck! Is that um uh that's uh fuck? Isn't that Mel Brooks? No. It fuck. might be. It might be in Blazing Saddles. Yeah. That, it, or is it the guy in Young Frankenstein? He put like. Oh he, yes, yes it is. Da da da. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that's so funny. Jesus, Mel Brooks. Is what hilarious. a fucking great movie. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been done, and it does look fantastic. Yep. The eye patch is an accessory which can sexify somebody. Hell, yeah. So I say before we get on into the movie review portion, let's mm. just stop in at the old Preview Palace. Yar, welcome to the Preview Palace. Oh, one-eyed over there, yeah. huh? And let's just give these motherfuckers a breakdown uh-huh. of the hottest uh-huh. eye patch wearing sons of bitches. Now, I got to kick this list of 10 off with an honorable mention. Let's hear it. Because I know a lot of people listening to the show might not know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about my main man, Luke Vick. Okay. Luke Vick, who I I played in the band Ark with, who I taught alongside of the Guitar Vault for many Mm -hmm. years. A dear friend, an awesome guy, and I'd love to get him on the show sometime. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. That's a storytelling fool right there, Yeah, Luke's great. So Luke looks kind of like Kurt Russell anyway. He does. And a couple of years ago, Luke, who... I will also add, in addition to being like one of the nicest people I've ever known in my life, mm-hmm. he's also one of the unluckiest motherfuckers that's this ever lived. Yeah, like every just weird bad thing that can happen, it ends up happening mm-hmm. to Luke. Uh, for example, years ago he was at Old Dollywood, uh-huh. the pride of the Southlands, Dollywood, right. and he was riding that dang old coal train that got running around the park. That big old train they you had. Look you look like you've been kissing on that steam train. Wait back or not? Here I come. <laughs> Oh, Dollywood is a treasure, man. So he was just riding on that coal train like you do. Uh-huh. It was a John coal train. Okay. It's a coal train named John. <laughs> yeah, he takes some giant steps on that big old coal train. And um, <laughs> the more I think about that, the stupider it gets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of, that just kind of like stopped me right there in my tracks. More on that later. We'll come yeah. up with some more stupid okay. shit for that. But anyway, Luke was riding on this thing, and he's just, you know, craning his head out the window and taking a look at the park. And, like, uh-huh. just as he did that, a big old puff of that coal train smoke oh, comes through fuck. with a big old steaming hot coal ember, oh. and it burnt his fucking eye out. Oh, no. Yeah. And so he came into work wearing a fucking eye patch this one day. Right. And he had the long hair, and he had the beard yeah. and stuff. And he's, like, in good shape and everything. Yeah. 
And I mean, it sucks that he burned his eye. It got better and stuff. Eye tissue repairs really fast. But there for a couple of weeks, he was rocking this eye patch. And it was just like, dude, you look so fucking cool. I listen, I can't imagine. Because, like, Luke's a good looking dude. Already, yeah. Yeah. And you, you don't need help. Yeah, you toss that eye patch on. I'm imagining some, some, some people were probably way into it. By some people, you mean everyone with eyes. Yep. Everyone with an ass <laughs> thought he looked awesome and hot. So yep. that's my honorable mention, my main man, Luke Vick. Now, I got to kick this off here at number 10 yeah, with the character. And the reason I'm putting him so low on the list is because he was such a blatant ripoff of Snake Plissken himself. Right. What do you know about a gear that is solid and metal? Metal mm-hmm. Gear Solid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Featuring one solid motherfucking snake. Solid snake. Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he he also, he also has like that... Um, Deathstroke kind of thing going on totally too. yeah so yeah. Th- there's like a yeah Deathstroke Snake Plissken and Solid Snake are all kind of the same guy totally man yeah. and, and he really handsome. made it work yeah they yeah they make that eye patch work hell yeah. yeah also that game holy shit fuck yeah yeah dude like the entire modern age of like cinematic video gaming owes it all to Metal Gear Solid yeah also uh, you know does some really good uh, sneak stuff that. Uh, changed the way i played rpgs oh yeah yeah every every rpg now i sneak everything you're like, a lover not a fighter well i'll kill i'll kill a motherfucker okay you'll <laughs> kill a I motherfucking w- goblin i would prefer to do it without them knowing it's happening sneak attack sneak attack rar gotcha man yeah. that works man solid snake gotta mention total mm-hmm. hunk Definite hunk. 100%. What do you know about a one-eyed feller, our number nine right here, Okay. rocking an eye patch and stuffing chew gum in the face of every child in the 80s? Who does that make you think of, huh? I can't believe you put Bazooka Joe at nine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Bazooka Joe. (laughs) That should have been more of like an honorable mention. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Bazooka Joe. You know, he's that guy. Wait, is it? Wait, but hold on. (laughs) <laughs> Bazooka Joe didn't have the eye patch. It was one of his guy, one of the guys. Was it right? one of the gang? I, but I don't know any of their names. <laughs> what did they put in that gum? I don't remember nothing about it. R- rocks. It was pink rocks. <laughs> it was really not very good. I remember, like, because um, you know, uh, I, I, I played the baseball and at the base uh, little league baseball. They, yeah. In the the concession stand, they had Bazooka Joe. Uh huh. Uh huh. And my, my grandmother ran the concession stand, and they never sold any Bazooka Joe. Well, duh, because you're getting big league fucking chew, motherfucker. And I'm pretty positive they had the same Bazooka Joe from the time I started playing minor league baseball when I was five till the time I was 13, yeah. aging out of little I league. get it. And I also believe that it changed 0% <laughs> over zero the course of all those years. It's always just this terrible, stiff, flavorless, yeah. stupid gum. Ah, fuck, I can't hunk. remember the name of the guy who had... It doesn't matter. But Eye Patch Guy from Bazooka Joe is hunk. number nine. Hunk. Total <laughs> hunk, man. All right, moving up to our number eight. Every supervillain needs a super sidekick. Yeah, true. And Dr. Evil had himself his number two he man. Did. Number two. Number two. And he's a handsome guy. He is. He's yeah. got that classic like 1960s hunky look about yeah, he him. Does. That eye patch definitely enhances the stuff, making him look more dastardly. Who does number two work for? <laughs> Still <laughs> fucking. Dude. When Tom Arnold says, that's right, buddy, you show that turd who's boss. <laughs> yeah. 
It's still one of the funniest goddamn number things. Number two, rock four. <laughs> Can you imagine if you were in a toilet and the guy next to you was a toilet dirty's boss? Come on, buddy, we'll get through this. He's so encouraging. <laughs> He's so encouraging about it. Dude, I said it recently. The first Austin Powers still, great. still holds still up. Great. It's fucking yeah. funny. And the other two are just like, yeah, you remember the funny parts about it. Right. You yeah. probably haven't forgotten any of the good bits. The first one, though, really yeah. does stand up. It's, it's awesome. so good. So number two. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Our number eight. <laughs> now, our number seven on this list is one that I don't know. Let's hear Something about a cock tease. Molotov cock tease. What's that from about? The Brothers. Who that is? Uh, Venture Brothers, by the way, just hit HBO Max. So if you have HBO Max, you've never watched Venture Brothers, you need to Present. fucking sit down and watch Venture Brothers. Okay, so this is an intervention is what you're telling it's me. It's an intervention. I'm already uh, sitting down. But Molotov Cocktees is, uh, she's a Black Widow type character. Okay. Uh, but like up the nihilism to like a billion and uh, also the cocktease part is uh, not just her name. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> That's a character trait as well. Yeah, character trait as well. But uh, also, she's hot. I mean, uh, as I said, Black Widow type. So, All right. Yeah, hot Sounds right lady alley. from Russia. So Maybe kill you? Maybe kill you? Maybe... Uh, I like a little danger. She, she does have uh, a chastity belt. That okay. has a hammer yeah. and sickle on it. Which oh, is wow. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the cock tease part is real. But I need to watch that fucking show. You man. really do. It's great. And honestly, like anybody who's like, I, I don't know. I'm a little on the fence about it. It's seriously one of the best written shows you'll ever see in your life. I've heard. And uh, if you if you struggle in the first few episodes where you're like, this just seems like a parody of a bunch of other shows. It is kind of that. But it develops, and all the characterization, like, uh, you become very attached to hmm. certain characters, and then you also love characters like Brick Frog. Brick Frog? Brick Frog. I guess I need to find He's out about villain. all these people in He's here, He's huh? dressed like a frog. He has a sack of bricks that he throws. That's brilliant. Brick Frog. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Performs as advertised. Yeah, check out, check, definitely check out Venture Brothers. Okay, will do, mm-hmm. man. Now, number six on the list is one that, you know, whenever we started making this list of our eye-patched hunks and foxes, uh-huh. one of the first people I thought about, just on his mighty eight-legged steed slide right. near, flinging his mighty spear gung near, uh-huh. hanging out with Hugin and Munin, his super intelligent ravens. The- I was thinking about old one-eyed... Odin, the Odin. All-Father. Yeah. But you brought up a solid point. Thor. I mean, dude, are you going to tell me that Hemsworth yeah. is less handsome than Odin? Honestly. Yeah, right. Yeah, come on. Like, Chris Hemsworth with that, with that eye patch is like, yeah, no, no, I did it. Right? Yeah. No, he's You'd hot. be a fool not to. You'd be a fool not to. He's a fucking hunk. He's a great Chris looking Hemsworth dude. Chris Hemsworth is and a hunk. seems great in general. Just seems like, like a just good a guy, real right? fun, funny guy, yep. Good on him, man. Mm-hmm. Good on him. Way to have a hunky old face and a hunky old personality. Of course, we dude. say this now, but in two years, we'll find out some horrific thing. Won't we? That's true. It's possible. <laughs> It'll be like that time you were like, Army Hammer, that guy's not weird at all. Oh, Andy Dick, that guy's a treasure. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Andy Dick kind of is a treasure <laughs> for being canceled before being canceled oh, was man. a thing. Yeah, he's been canceled true. so many times. He's earned it. <laughs> yes. Really yes. did earn it. Piece 100%. of shit, man. <laughs> now, our number five is one that you suggested yeah. that's not about a land admiral and the 
world of right now. No, it's uh, from Sky Captain in the World Tomorrow. Angelina exactly. Jolie's totally character. Uh, I mean, it's Angelina Jolie wearing an eye patch. Like, I don't have to explain this, do I? I don't think so. I mean, I, I you know, maybe, maybe you're like, oh, I'm not in Angelina Jolie. Present. Yeah, but she's hot. Yeah. Like, you do see that. I get it. Yeah. I am in that rare camp of people. Yeah, it's just, I'm in that same camp. I yeah. think she's very attractive. I'm just not. She's not my type. No. Yeah. Like, I guess I get it. Yeah. I get it. You know. Listen, I know it's got to be rough for her to hear. Yeah. From the two of she's us. She's a listener and stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know she listens. And she sends us messages all day, every oh day, being like, gosh. I want to hook up with both of you guys. I'm tired of all the boob shots. If Ugh. you find me uh, Wait, she had worthy. Boob, she had a voluntary mastectomy, didn't she? Whoa, really? Yeah, that was kind of a recent thing. Yeah. Huh. Or she was just like, get rid of them. But, I mean, you know, I understand. Boobs are just a source of breast cancer. You know what? And they got to be hard on a back. And they're not fun to carry around. Right. Yeah. I get it. Anyway, she's an attractive lady, though. Obviously fits into the group with the, the dude from Bazooka Joe. <laughs> <laughs> she's higher on the list by several points. Thank yeah, you. Obviously. So. <laughs> what do you know about a guy in the Marvel Universe that's our number four choice right here that knows a little bit of stuff about all kinds of stuff? Mm-hmm. And sometimes he's white man. Sometimes he's a black yeah, man. Yeah. Sometimes he's a David Hasselhoff. Sometimes, sometimes he might be. Sometimes he's a Samuel L. Jackson. Either way, handsome as fuck. Nick Motherfucking Fury. Yep. That's a guy that's awesome. Yeah, and he's he's got that um, he's got that like Snake Plissken type of attitude badass. to him. Yeah, just a badass, etc. I think that's kind of the thing. Snake Plissken is probably the OG mm -hmm. that like set off the badass dudes wearing uh, eye patch or badass women wearing eye patches, mm -hmm. but like nobody does it better than Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. He pulls it off. He man. pulls it off. He yeah. pulls it off. That's for damn sure. And then when we find out that he lost it to a, a little baby kitty, Fucking it's really funny. cooler, <laughs> yeah. even cooler, man. I love it. It's very very good stuff, man. Now, if I was about to bust into a fight with you right now, right. like maybe we just flip this table. Yeah, we grip onto these beer cups that flip won't budge, you know, uh -huh. because they have so much grip to them. <laughs> and then we just start brawling. Right. I think the first thing I'm going to hit you with are some moves from our number three on our list. What a stud. I'm going to hit you with a tiger uppercut. I'm going to hit you with a tiger knee. Uh, what? Are you going to hit me with a tiger Knee. Exactly. Tiger. <laughs> uppercut. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with a couple of those in honor of my main man, that tall, handsome son of a bitch, Muay Thai fighting motherfucker. Yeah. What you know about Sagat? I mean, uh, listen, anybody who's got an uh, eye patch and a gigantic scar across their chest going to get laid like crazy. Yeah, and I'm also not going to fight him. Yeah, and also he's like seven feet tall. Yeah. And like... I look like at those injuries. In a room, dude. he's commanding. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is like, I look at those injuries, like the the fucking eye patch and the fucking mm -hmm. big scar across the chest, and I go, "Damn, what happened to the other guy?" Exactly. He must have gotten roughed the fuck up. Right. Sagat, so he's gonna beat you down. He'll muay thai your ass, man. Mm -hmm. And you know, I mean, anybody who knows uh, some Brazilian jujitsu probably gonna be wild in bed, right? I think They're gonna so. They're going to have you in some ridiculous position. Yeah, he's real stretchy. Uh-huh. He does those high kicks and things. He's got some mad reach. 
Tiger blowjob. <laughs> Maybe he's got that one on deck. He's super good at it. Maybe he does, yeah. man. I always enjoyed playing a Sagat in all the games and yeah, stuff like that great. too. Street Fighter uh-huh. 2 Turbo, he was a little bit slow. He was. But like whenever you hit like the Alpha series, like Street Fighter Alpha mm-hmm. 3, he was fucking monstrous in yeah. that game. Probably a little overpowered, honestly. I uh, hate fighting games. I just renewed. You're a lover, not I, a fighter. We've I already covered this. just renewed my disdain for fighting games. I downloaded Injustice 2 on uh, on Xbox and uh, played it for 15 minutes. How's that? It's a fighting game. I don't know. Sign me honestly. the fuck up, man. Yeah, you might love, love it. it. Yeah, it's just DC characters, so that's cool. I liked that, but it was like, gosh, I just, I cannot get in the mindset of fast button pushing oh man i just can't do it i'm a fan I'm bad at it i like I'm that man I'm big i think it's just that. that i'm bad at it it's not that because mm. i do like fighting i like watching people play fighting games mm-hmm. especially if they're good at it oh yeah i am not good at it i, gotcha. I suck shit <laughs> well maybe you should just master yourself a tiger knee tiger and get on with it man yeah, i will oh what's that <gasps> here it's our number two entry you knew she was coming it's motherfucking l driver from kill bill one and two Mm -hmm. what a bad bitch yeah she's uh she's a hot lady who uh daryl hannah kicks ass dude and she is an evil woman she's an evil evil old woman dude and Mm -hmm. i'll tell you what whenever she makes that first on-screen appearance She's got the eye patch with the red cross and shit yeah. on it, which I think is ripped off from some anime or kung fu flick or stuff like that. Knowing Tarantino, yeah, he didn't come up with it, yeah, but he made it look really fucking cool. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> dude. That's one of those moments. It's just like, dude, this character is so ridiculous and cartoonish and weird to be in this world, but you just go with it because it's fucking cool, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that. Isn't that kind of Quentin Tarantino? That's every one of his yeah, movies, right? Much. Yeah. You just kind of go with it because it's cool. I think it's so. It's just like, you, if somebody else tried to do a lot of the things he does, we'd just not go with it. No. Like, it just wouldn't work. But he he makes that shit work somehow. He really does. He's, yeah. he's brought us all to being the point of like, yeah, the feet. Sure, the I'm fine. Feet. Yeah, we need to see about 10 minutes of feet in every movie. New new lady character? Let's see them feet, Where the girl. feet at? Where the what feet? them feet There do. they are, yeah. we all say. Uh-huh. That's right, man. <laughs> yeah, L Driver, awesome. That fucking fight scene between her and Uma yeah. in Kill Bill 2 is one of my favorite fight scenes ever. Like, top three. Yeah. It's, it's so fucking brutal, So rad, man. yeah. It's so brutal. And then she gets that other eye just plucked right <laughs> out. Pop. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. So sick, man. So, yeah. yeah that's an iconic-ass eye patch 100%. right there. I- Who's our number one, Ben? This Who do you is... think our number one is? Hmm. Ronald McDonald with an eye patch? That's not the one. No? Okay. No. Who it is? It's got to be motherfucking Snake Plissken. Hmm. The OG. Like, you yeah. can't get fucking yeah. hotter than that. It's obvious, right? He's the hottest eye patch man yeah. that there ever has been. It's true. I mean, when you look back, because, like, when we we're making this list, it was like, well, what's a hot. This very pirate. carefully curated list yeah. that we spent lots of time on. It was on. like, what's a hot pirate with uh, an eye patch? And and you think back, and it's like, well, all the pirates that are supposed to be hot don't have eye patches. That's the thing. You're like Jack Sparrow, yeah. both eyes on that yeah. guy. But also, uh, we we skipped over about a million anime characters because I don't I don't know anything we, about. We them. looked up like hot eye patch characters. And it was like a Animes. million anime characters. So like every anime is like, well, one person. 
obviously got poked in the eye. Well, here's the thing about this, too. Knowing that anime and them mangas and mm-hmm. so on. Them mangas. Uh-huh. All these people are in these eye patches. Think they ever get freaky with that thing? I hope so. You know that they did. Yeah, keep an eye out for you. Right? Mm-hmm. In some of these Japanese comic books, you know somebody's getting eye-fucked, for some sure. Some of these Japanese... That does sound like a Junji Ito thing, though. Yeah, <laughs> somebody getting eye-fucked. <laughs> I can imagine. But it would be the opposite with, like, an eye, like, extends out like a dick and fucks you. That sounds more like yes. it. Yeah, that's more accurate. <laughs> Let us know. Maybe we're yeah, missing please. out on a few. Tell us. Let me know so I cannot read that Japanese yeah. comic book. It will fuck with me, for sure. (laughs) But for sure, Snake Plissken, man, the OG. And the thing about it is, too, is this is apparently Kurt Russell's idea. Like, it wasn't in the script, like, and he should have an eye patch. Kurt Russell, okay, so we're We're in the movie. We're on the movie now. Escape from New York. Uh, So, yeah, Kurt Russell, you know, he was trying to escape his his image. He he grew up. He was in a lot of Disney movies. In fact, he was in Fox and the Hound the same year as this. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So he was trying to escape that image so he could, you know, play action roles and stuff like so that. So he was thinking, I need to escape my image. I need to escape from New York. Got to get out of here. The movie. Let's go to St. Louis. <laughs> and get out of there, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, he had just done the Elvis biopic with John Carpenter. And so John Carpenter was, like, kind of in preparation for this movie and... The studio wanted Tommy Lee Jones or uh, what's his name, uh, Charles Bronson, Deathwish, yeah. mm-hmm. to to play Snake Plissken, which is very on the nose. To it's me. extremely on the nose, yeah, and that's that would have made it bad. I think it would. I think so. I think that Kurt brings so much to this man. I think so too, but also John Carpenter was more thinking of the fact that he probably couldn't boss around Tommy Lee Jones and uh and uh what's his name Charles Bronson maybe as much as he could with uh with Kurt Russell somebody's young and hungry man young and hungry he's yeah. trying to make his mark here I think he was like 30 when yeah. they did this something like that and so he he got in super duper shape um you know diet exercise etc those old things yeah but he also like he really went into this role like he he's very much because I mean we see it now and we're like yeah that's Kurt Russell but in 1981 if you saw this you'd be like fuck where's this guy been dude I'll tell you this about Kurt Russell I think that he is one of those actors that you know he's a household name everybody yeah. knows him everybody knows him like Snake Plissken and shit like that mm. I don't think we spend enough time talking about how versatile of an actor he is. Yeah, because he is. when you think about all the super iconic characters this guy has been, mm-hmm. whether it's Snake Plissken or John McCready in The Thing or fucking Big Trouble in Little China or even as Santa Claus in those Netflix movies, sure. he's never the same character twice. Like That's something that I think a lot of people don't appreciate about him is yeah. that the fact that he can take on entirely new personas and it's like it's always Kurt Russell, but it's a different facet. Yeah. Of Kurt Russell. I think he's really versatile and very underappreciated. Yeah, I think so. I mean, well, I think by now we've learned to appreciate him more. Everybody's come to understand, like, I mean, you look at, just look at where where he's been for us. He, he's been family comedies. like Elvis. Uh, he's been Elvis. <laughs> he's, he's been in Disney movies as, like, a teen and then also, you know, a voice in Fox and the Hound. He's also been in westerns. He's been in these yeah. huge action movies. He's all over the place. And he always blends in. But yeah, anytime he's in a movie, it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to give that a shot. Yeah. It's, Kurt it's never that like moment where you're just like, 
I don't even see the character. All I see is the actor. Right. You know what I mean? He always blends in great in whatever scenario yep. that he's in and brings a lot to a flick. Which is, I mean, when you're a big fucking star like he is, the the fact is, like, like honestly, even saying big fucking star about Kurt Russell kind of triggered something in my mind where it was like, well, that's not right. But it is. Like, he's a big fucking star. He's, I mean, he's not like Schwarzenegger. He's not like the guy we think of immediately when we think of action. Right. But the second you see him in an action movie, you're like, well, this is going to be... Something worth watching. Yeah, Russell actually. Yeah. Okay, Kurt Russell. Sign yeah. me up. Yeah. So like he he's a big fucking deal, but this is 1981 where he's just yeah he nobody some handsome dude with a famous daddy. Like he he's nobody. He hasn't proven himself the way that we now see him. So looking back on it, it's like yeah, of course Kurt Russell knocks this out of the park. But that was like a big if when yeah. they were going into production. Like is he gonna? be able to do this so john carpenter had the faith in him because you know it just directed him as elvis and kind of saw like there's definitely a lot of potential here but uh you can see how the studio guys who were putting in all this money were like we want, skeptical yeah we want somebody we know is going to be a, a star but dude classic john carpenter man those yeah. early days and stuff he was so excellent at finding people that weren't necessarily household names yeah. And being like, I think that they would kill it. Yep. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis, Kurt Russell, all these people, man. I mean, both of them, Jamie Lee Curtis and Kurt Russell, famous parents. And it's like, you know, you could see that as like some sort of nepotism. But also, it's that Carpenter saw that they they had gotten something from their famous parents. They weren't, he wasn't selecting Jamie Lee Curtis because Janet Lee is her mom. Right. She, he was selecting Jamie Lee Curtis because he was like, oh, she's super talented and can scream real good yeah he exactly. has her own wardrobe <laughs> yeah same with kurt russell it's like he's super talented yes they have these famous parents but those they can hold their not, own too. that's not where they got their talents right yeah. yeah and it's kind of funny too because this is the movie that really put kurt russell on the map but also at the same time like it's probably some of the least personality he puts into a role yeah. which is to say like he is kind of the strong silent type in a yeah. lot of this like he's not exactly exuding personality and fucking you know catchphrases and stuff like that but at the same time if you can play a character that's as kind of low-key and guarded as this guy is and still make an impression and make people remember snake fucking pliskin yeah that's hard to do man yeah and it, it you know kind of proved his his box office drawing power and then you know we get the thing the next year and again he's he's showing that he can be this action hero and so he's he's been able to do that since then he's been able to do so many things along with pulling his you know uh uh vast experience in disney comedies and family friendly things yeah. which have made him you know a household name yeah definitely yeah. man and uh this thing was put together there Quite a lot before it yeah. come out. This was written... Okay, so uh, John Carpenter wrote this in response to Nixon's uh, Watergate scandal. And we all know John Carpenter, very big fan of big government, he loves politicians. That. He loves those things. Just the way things are run. He's always just like, sign me up, get <laughs> me in line. They're doing a good job, he He's says. always been a huge fan of just... How society works. How society works and never tries to critique it at all. <laughs> uh, th yeah, so this is, I mean, we, so Nixon was uh, a kind of, w we think of Nixon as, as this like uber conservative. 
Nixon is uh, probably to the left of every president from Reagan on. Right. But uh, at the time, Nixon's brand of conservatism is, is kind of where we got to where we are now. He started the Southern strategy where they basically used racism to get votes. Oh, wow. Yeah. He also started the war on drugs where wow, they used racism to put people in jail. Huh. Interesting. So you're yeah. saying like in the opening of this movie when that National Liberation Racist Force or whatever. Uh, police force. Yeah. Yeah. yeah where they're t- everything that that person is saying is true and right. <laughs> yeah, that, and the when thing. they were saying it, I was like, fuck yeah. Because I haven't seen this in a long time. I hadn't either. And, and uh, it was the first time that that all hit me. And I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. I hope they, I hope they win. <laughs> <laughs> you go. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah. So we we got uh, Carpenter's dealing with Nixon and also the um, the rise in the crime rate. Ben, this is insane to me. I don't know if you know this, but the crime rate began to rise dramatically in the seventies. Okay, the age of the super killer and so yeah. on. Throughout the eighties. On into the 90s, mm-hmm, yeah, uh, where it hit its 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 max peak in 1991 of uh, you know crimes committed. Damn. So the majority of those crimes are, of course, nonviolent offenses. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is like due to the war on drugs, suddenly the guy that is just like you know smoking a doobie at a Grateful now Dead he's concert. a criminal he's a criminal now yeah. so you're like wow crime is going up yeah that guy was just trying to fucking yeah. eat a snickers bar and relax right so uh crime went up because we made crime go up we made more things crime yeah yeah also uh just a reminder crime statistics are self-reported by the police and no <laughs> nobody we need funding crimes yeah. everywhere yeah. well we're in a crime wave right now you know steve right yeah it's a terrible crime wave by how the way how many times just, have you been crimed this week i've been alone? crimed so many times i get crimed every day crime to the left crime to the right <laughs> so uh just so you know crime currently or at least the statistics for 2019 that i yeah. saw okay the crime was down 45 percent from 1991 in 2019 45 so percent that's a lot that's a huge amount that's a whole lot so got a lot more people now too apparently we had a, a tiny elevation in the number very tiny and they say it's a crime wave Woo! our our crime rate is better than it has ever been but anyway <laughs> Guess who started that crime rate bullshit? It was Nixon. Wee. Nixon. Nixon started all this bullshit. So this is Carpenter's response to Nixon. And that's why it, it is, you know, this this taking taking what Nixon was doing to its furthest degree. Like, eventually we're just going to have these penal colonies. Eventually the idea would be just throw them all in one big hole and let them fucking kill each other or whatever. And it's interesting because what you're getting at there is ultimately the final bastion of mega ultra police state mm-hmm. is lawlessness. Yeah. Because they just throw all these people on the island of Manhattan, wall it up, brick yep. it up, and they just take care of themselves. There's no cops. There's yeah. no military. There's no nothing there. It just becomes a lawless city. Yeah entirely lawless so they've basically given up on trying to stop crime but really the when we see the inside like there are the people who are uh they're called the crazies that live down in the sewers and whatnot and then there are the people that uh the 
Duke of New York, played by Isaac Hayes, has. And they all seem to be kind of, like, like, he walks in on a play happening. Yeah. Like, so there are levels of uh, criminality here. They're the people who are just out, like, uh, trying to kill and murder and, and whatnot throughout the night. And then there are regular people who are just like, I'm going to go see a play. Well, yeah, I mean, you hear all these stories about, like, prison culture and the many yeah. layers that that has. Yeah, so, like, there's no justice in this is what I'm saying. Like, when no. we see this, like, there's obviously no justice here. We don't even, like, they never even mention anyone's crimes, really. That's something that I was really wondering about, too. Yeah. Um, which, this is, I think, only the second time, maybe third time I've ever watched yeah. this. I want to say this is one that... Um, our, our dear friend Brandon Suttles showed yeah. us sometime, and maybe Kate and I have watched it another time since then. But like in my head, I remember this being more of like a Mad Max, who owns Barter Town, right? Like there's a central bad guy kind of thing. But watching it this time, I was like, is the Duke even really a bad guy there's at no all? There's no evidence of that. He like he's trying to get everyone liberated from the prison he's trying to end the prison that's colony. the thing and, and yeah like at the end of the day you're right we don't know if he's in jail for fucking you know smashing a baby on the pavement or yeah. you know again if he just had a fucking joint behind his ear at the yep. wrong time we don't know but yep. what we do know is that this ultra fucking um huge government has walled him and lots of other people into this colony and so even whenever he sees the president land in manhattan he's like mm -hmm. this might be a golden ticket for me to get me and some other people out of here yeah snake plissken he just views as being working with the government so he's yeah. a bad guy i guess yeah i mean from like this is a, a western i mean it, right? there are no good Total guys. gray characters it, it, it like and without you know without this we don't get uh robocop we don't get terminator 2 we don't get this yeah. like complex sort of like who's the good guy who's the bad guy type of thing playing out because like we have i mean you know we have westerns like that but uh action movies that that just bring it into a modern context this is kind of the the one that helps us get there you got mad max and like the warriors had come out a little bit before and this, this. feels very much like a mesh of those two exactly, in a lot of ways yeah. but uh it, it also has that like you know it has that like uh, uh, messaging about crime rates and stuff, whereas like Mad Mad Max specifically is probably the most it, like similar to it because like the first Mad Max is like he's a police officer and they're like trying to deal with these lawless gangs and whatnot. Yeah. So, but that again is just a western. Like so much of this is just western tropes put into a dystopian sci-fi future which is so funny because that really describes like the last fucking two movies we've done for yes. action <laughs> august like that describes robocop that describes yep. terminator like yep. there's actually a lot of similarities mm -hmm. between all of those movies but this one did it first yeah and uh i mean the connections are there too though i mean because like jimmy james cameron worked on this movie how crazy is that he's yeah. doing like matte paintings and shit yeah is there much that guy can't fucking get a hold of and do i don't know he's uh, he was obviously from the beginning like super talented and yeah filmmaking and but, obsessive and fucking yeah. driven man um uh, but also the some of the things in here are actually used in blade runner yeah, Which, as like, I said, literally used. Is, it was a, a direct inspiration to RoboCop as, yep. as like, 
so th- there's they all tie together. It all ties together. They're, all of this is is really just like dealing with the dystopia that had been created by Nixon and by Reagan. Like we're just constantly dealing with these really huge shifts in uh, politics, and I, I think it's real interesting that this one never. Like, this one never tries to make anybody the hero. No. Like, nobody in this is heroic. Like, oh, Robocop, yeah. Robocop's the hero. Sure. I mean, he's not entirely good. We talked about that. But, like, he's the hero. Snake is not a hero. We, yeah. He, he, like, sees a woman being sexually assaulted and just walks on by. That's something that really struck me this time that I didn't remember is, yeah, he, he walks by that scene and is just like, this isn't my job. This isn't yeah. what I'm here to I'm do. I'm not here for that. Yeah. yeah. So, it's like, he's not really a good guy. No at all like, i mean and honestly he's being held at you know gunpoint basically fucking bomb point yeah to do this job like he's not even interested in doing it no he's a disenfranchised fucking former veteran yeah that hates the government mm-hmm. that is being forced by the government to work again yeah it's i mean like there's nobody here to fully root on you, i don't care about the president i mean yeah that's the thing while yeah. you're watching you're like i don't fucking care if the president gets saved especially later on in the movie when you're just like he's a fucking idiot yeah and just a piece of shit full-on piece of shit yeah so there's not like that oh man i hope he saves the president no. or anything like that you don't really care no you don't care but you do come to you know come to be connected to our central character's Probably Cabby the most. He seems yeah. the least like responsible for any negative thing that's going. He just right. seems like a happy, nice dude. And he's good like tone shift and a good narration yeah. break and stuff like that in the movie. And as that, well. by the way, uh, the invention of Nick Castle. Woo! John Carpenter thought they needed some, you know, kind of humor element and brought in Nick Castle, and he came up with the idea of Cabby and like that's awesome. Basically, the ending of the movie too. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Man, I'd like to crack a co beer to Nick Let's Castle. Do it. To you want to do Castle. that? To yeah, Nick fucking fact, Castle. I got I got a little uh, a little factoid about Nick Castle <laughs> about that him? struck me. You mentioned not too long ago that you watched Dennis the Menace. I did kind of recently. He fucking wrote it. He wrote Dennis the Menace yeah. and directed it. Amazing. And Major Pain. He did Major Pain. Yes. Nick Castle. Nick Castle. What? That guy's had an awesome career. No Played shit. Michael Myers, co-wrote Escape from New York, directed Dennis the Menace. And I bet he can also go to the grocery store and not get mobbed by people who recognize him. Not a him. single person probably recognizes Like, if he him. walked in yeah. right now, I would be like, please leave. Who are you? Sir, this is an Applebee's, I would say. <laughs> is it? And then later on, I'd be like, that's Nick Castle. Yeah, we're recording an Applebee's right can now. Can we get some app? Yeah, I'll get you some poppers coming oh, on. Oh, sweet. You want awesome. some dunkers? Do you want poppers? Dunk dunkers. What are those? <laughs> you know, you, you take oh. them and you, you do the... You the, do the dunker. You do the dunker. the dunker, yeah. And the poppers, obviously, you, you just pop them. You pop, you em pop em the and, poppers. You dunk the dunkers. And the sliders, you... Uh, slide just, those woo. across the table. Get the hell away from me. And a co-beer, you pour into a cup. We got hell ourselves yeah. another burial beer here. And Steve, I'll tell you what. I don't know what the fuck the name of this beer is. I can't tell either it has uh maybe Many names maybe 40 names <gasps> you on know there? what it is this beer is legion oh shit it is legion yeah so it's a collaboration beer with stray society who i i don't know who that is it says stray society music is it a band did a band make this 
I don't fucking know. Did the no band details. make this? Band beers. Band beers. But like on the can, it's got all kinds of like ice cream treats, like what it you does. see on an ice cream truck or something. But they also look to be like scary ice cream treats because there's yeah. like an orange sickle with eyes and a coffin. Uh, ice cream uh, sandwich. Ice cream sandwich. God, I love yeah. an ice cream sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they all have names like Forever Crypt and Moth Pop and Bloodbath and shit like this. So I don't really know what the name of this fucking beer is. <laughs> But either way, it is uh, made with oats, lactose, orange, ze- orange zest, zernzurst, and fresh vanilla bean, double dry hopped with lots of citra, a bit of Idaho 7, and some Amarillo and Citra Cryo. So it's probably going to be kind of similar to the last now one. Now, wait a second. I'm noticing something here on the label. Tell me. Oh, oh. spilling that thing. I think it's called Death Proof because it's circled. That one's circled. It is yes. circled on there. Okay, there we go. So it must be death proof. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Let's pour it into a cup here, and let's just see what it do. I had myself one of these right whenever I got these, whenever I was in Asheville, and I recall liking it, uh, but I don't recall if it was good or not. Actually, this is another one that Andy Campbell brought home. I didn't bring this home. Okay. Andy Campbell got this for me. Drummer extraordinaire. Yeah. Most valuable fucking drummer in Knoxville. <laughs> MVD. MVD, they call him. And uh, this should be good. It's kind of got that creamy sort of thing because it's got the lactose and the oats in there. It looks real pale. I think my stomach must be empty because we had, you know, we split that pint of that last one there. I'm already feeling a little bit of a buzz. (laughs) I must be hungry, man. I I worked out really hard today, though. Yeah, me too. I was going to say, I've only had protein shakes and then I worked my ass off at the gym, so I'm feeling it, too. I noticed when you walked in, I was like, where'd that ass, though? No, I left it at the gym. Worked it off, Worked it off, yeah. Well, let's put it back on with All a right. sip of this year co beer. See if that does see. It looks about like the last one. It is a Smells golden good. hazy. It's got that orange sort of citrusy smell. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. It doesn't smell as dank as the mm-hmm. last one did. It smells a little bit lighter, maybe. What's that oh. do for you? That's a damn creamsicle. Oh. Yeah, this is better than I remember. Wow. I like that a lot. Yeah. Orange and vanilla. Yep. That's the biggest Just thing. Just a and, perfect combo. And again, the little bit of creaminess there from the lactose yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff. That's really nice. Yeah, it is. I'll tell you, I am glad I'm having half of it. I think a whole one, I would be a little sugared out. It is very sweet. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. It's not just too sweet, but it is a little bit sweet. It is a little bit sweet. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty damn good. Yeah, that's great. I, Man, yeah, no, I couldn't have several of those, but I love a creamsicle. Right? Me too, man. Just, like, what is it? Because you're right. The creaminess is necessary because you can't just toss some vanilla and orange juice and it tastes good. It's got to <laughs> be creamy as well. But once you get those three things going, it's fucking perfect. Hell yeah. You ever make a uh, a screwdriver and add a little bit of vanilla to it? No. Is it's it a awesome? damn delight, okay. man. It's so good. Sometimes I'll add just a little tiny bit of triple sec in there too uh-huh. if I just want it like a little bit more orangey and a little bit lighter. Yeah. But yeah, vodka, orange juice, tiny bit of triple sec, and a little dash of vanilla extract. It's got to be real. Don't use that fucking fake also shit. Also a dash of Mrs. Dash. Yeah, I put Mrs. Yeah. Dash on Just there. put that on the rim. No salt. I rim it with that stuff. <laughs> it's a damn delight. <laughs> yeah, good stuff right there. Burial, man. Send us your beer, dummies. Send beer to Knoxville. Send beer down the hill to your boys over here in Dead and Lovely. Yeah, anyway, Nick Castle, fucking awesome. And he brought some uh, some things to the table here for this flick, huh? Yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. He brought in a little bit of a, a sense of humor. I mean, it's there's not a lot of a sense of humor it's other a than Cabby. Bleak movie. Yeah, man. Cabby. Cabby's kind of funny. Uh, everything else is yeah, real bleak and dark and gross. nihilistic. Nihilistic, very. Yeah. It's got that 
dirty Manhattan feel. It does. It feels very much like the New York you see in late 70s, early 80s movies where it's just gross. Except it's St. Louis. Except it's, in fact, East St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, due to budget and stuff like that, they didn't really have the, the possibility of shooting in yeah. Manhattan like and they originally shooting planned. Shooting in Manhattan, like, honestly, if you can avoid it, do it. Because it's just such a hassle. Like, you got to shut down. I mean, shutting down one block in Manhattan is is Massive inconveniencing 100,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. So... And also, the East St. Louis neighborhoods they were looking at had recently had a fire, so they were already burnt out buildings, and yeah. it was kind of like perfect anyway. This place looks like shit. Let's film here. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's just like you know, we talked about with RoboCop. RoboCop set in Detroit, but they actually shot it in Dallas. It's like, really, when you can find the right place to shoot, nobody knows. Yeah. Even if you're from New York, it's not like... That hey. building's not here in New York. That pizza's not right, and the bagels are all wrong. That building's not walking here. <laughs> I know a cab when I sees one. You Pop can't get good pizza or good bagels outside of New York because <laughs> there's not enough shit in the water. <laughs> they say that. Yeah. They do say that. It's true, <laughs> man. Yeah, so they filmed it in, uh, in old St. Louis yeah. there, and apparently... Kind of similar to what happened with RoboCop. They just happened to film during like one of the hottest fucking summers yeah. ever. They said even at night, which they filmed basically almost exclusively movie, at night. Yeah, it was like a hundred degrees. Yeah, in the middle of the night. Yeah, that's fucking rough. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine. And a lot of those scenes, movie, they got man. like fires and stuff too. Yeah. So it's like because like uh, Carpenter wanted to. Anytime you see the police state, it's this like like techno future super like high tech super yeah. high tech everything everything's sleek and whatnot and then every time you see the prison uh colony it's basically like medieval peasants like they, they have torches they don't even they don't have like they don't even have access to food unless it's dropped to yeah them. um that's pretty crazy yeah, I, it, it feels like it feels like to me if you because like I mean, we're not going to talk too much about the sequel, Escape from L.A., because, one, <laughs> it's unrelated, but two, Yo, that it's Rob Zombie joint, though. <laughs> yeah, run, okay. Baby, run, baby, escape from L.A. Yes. Come on. Um, but it, it, if if I were to imagine a sequel in this future, it would be the the prison colonies actually being more organized than they expected. Like... If they had been farming crops and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Which would have been cool because, like, I remember Carpenter saying that even the failure of the Vietnam War and stuff was yeah. kind of an inspiration for yes. this. And I suppose you could play kind of a more Viet Cong angle with this prison yes. colony where it's just like, you know, even though the government has all the big technology and weapons and shit like that, mm. these people know the streets yeah. and are organized. Like, you could totally play that up. It could have been, uh, yeah. There, so there could have been a real cool sequel here. Because, uh, like, when I, I see this world, like, my imagination just goes kind of wild. Like, what what more could be here? It's the same with Mad Max. Like, when yeah. I'm seeing, you know, this Mad Max, it's like, okay, so what what would the rest of the world be like? Because it's not all just this little desert area. Or it's right. not all this just little New York penal colony. But Yeah, dude. And there's a lot of stuff in this movie that does that, that just yeah. kind of like it tickles your imagination enough right. that like you just... the world is bigger yeah. without ever having to show us that the world's bigger. Yep. Yeah. And it's just mentioned in like casual conversation shit where mm -hmm. 
you know, even whenever uh, Lee Van Cleef is interviewing yeah. Snake Plissken and he's like, oh, yeah, you flew that glider over Leningrad and yeah. you served in Siberia or whatever during World War Three. Yeah. So there was like, a, what this, the fuck? There's been this at some point uh, from, you know, maybe before 1988. The earliest knowledge we get is 1988. The crime rates risen 400 percent or whatever. And then we're in 97. And I guess we had a world war with Russia? At some point, there's been a world war with Russia that Snake Bliskin was involved in. And afterwards, he's now turned to a life of crime where he's tried to rob the treasury. And honestly, that's probably even a reaction to the way that John Carpenter saw returning Vietnam vets being treated like fucking shit and the government not caring about them. Like, probably the reason Snake Bliskin apparently robbed the U.S. treasury or whatever... Yeah, but again, we don't. We, that's just mentioned. In it's just mentioned. Yeah, yeah like so it's totally it left to your imagination as yeah. to what happened right there. We're constantly being given this bigger world, but it's a real simple, tiny story we're being told. Yeah, even though this is a a, a kind of big action flick, it's not. It never gets big. It yeah. never gets huge. And I love those touches too, where, you know. Again, it's just stuff that makes your imagination go wild. The mm. fact that Kurt Russell's like, if I have an eye patch, that'd be cool. But it makes you sit there and go, yeah, but how did he lose that eye? Yeah. There's so many questions. Yeah. Like, so much going on here that you never get that big exposition done. And I'm glad you don't. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, so the original cut, we actually, like, would have seen uh, Snake, like, get arrested for the robbery and stuff like that. And there's, like, more backstory there but carpenter saw like obviously you don't need that you need like just the implication of a bunch of other things going on and that's enough to make people's brains go like oh this is huge but really when you look at the story it's pretty small well and also too i think if they would have used that original intro where it does show him Mm -hmm. yeah trying to rob the treasury and stuff Mm -hmm. and then getting caught it's also just like so our main badass failed his mission badass yeah like, it's so much cooler just to be like, oh, yeah, that's the reason you're in jail is because you try to rob the treasury. Right. And then your mind just fills in the blanks as far as like, but he's still a badass. Right. Yeah. So it must have been some crazy shit that he got caught. Like, exactly. It's so much cooler than showing him getting busted. Yeah, I agree. And then, like, you know, we also have, like, his interactions with uh, Harry Dean Stanton. We have, you know, Ernest Borgnine, Cabby, uh, recognizing him. And it's every, like, People his know name opening doors without again knowing why everybody has all this reverence for him yeah yeah the the movie just the movie is constantly hyping snake yeah it's great because it it works it makes me go like yeah that dude's cool and dude speaking of fucking Ernest borgnine and fucking everybody else in this good god what a cast yeah it's a big one i had forgotten like in my head it's like yeah this movie has kurt russell in it and i was like i guess donald pleasance <laughs> which you know that's already enough yeah but then yeah uh, uh harry dean stanton uh, uh, uh what's his name lee van cleef yeah lee van cleef uh who's, isaac hayes yeah isaac hayes oh we also have uh buck flower in there old buck flower you always dude. gotta throw him into a john carpenter movie that's right man <laughs> we got the disembodied voice of uh jamie lee curtis uh-huh. and we got adrian barbeau in there i this love is... whenever directors have their little camps of people they work yes, with over me and over. too like, these are I just so cool. many carpenter people like yeah. look through their imdbs you'll see like you know several of these uh, people were in assault on precinct 13 
or you know uh, Kurt Russell had been in his Elvis biopic Adrian Barbeau was they were married at the time but yeah. also she had already been in the fog before yep, this that's right like, she was yeah and, and and again yeah they had Jamie Lee Curtis do the narration so like I love yeah, that because it shows me that like the director loves these people yeah. but it also shows me these people love the director yes you know that, that like the work that they did previously was not only good but they actually had a good time doing it yeah. so they want to do more yeah that's cool uh, and you see that shit with like kevin smith you see that yeah. with quentin tarantino mm-hmm. like some of these act uh these directors that just have their little flock of actors yeah. that follow them around for whatever project yeah. and they're always game to work on it that like gives me a lot of faith in all the parties involved yeah yeah uh, at the very least you know the it's gonna be a fun ride Even, yeah like you never, you never can tell how, what the quality of a movie is going to be in the end. But if you're getting the same director, the same actors, you know they're having a good time. You're going to enjoy the movie probably. Yeah. Who's that big old big 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 feller that we got in here too? A big old razzling son of a bitch. <laughs> Let's talk about Ox Baker. I'm excited to get to talk about him. I don't know anything about him. He stepped on screen and I was like, holy fuck, that guy's huge. Dude. Yeah. So Ox Baker. Uh, he was a, a giant heel in the the sixties and seventies. Okay, uh, literally, for, he's fucking seven yeah, feet tall. <laughs> exactly. Known for his uh, his finisher, the heart punch. The heart punch, which just sounds so fucking brutal. I would not want him him to fucking punch me in the heart. Well, nor anywhere here's else. This, I mean, listen, uh, you. I mean, the ways in which professional wrestling promoters are learning to manipulate the internet and like whatnot now those are all interesting but when you go back to the 60s and 70s for wrestling promoters they could just outright lie about shit and it was <laughs> wonderful because then you just bought it because you couldn't go check yeah You'd just go totally. oh, okay so ox baker this happened to this poor man twice he wrestled somebody and then afterward they died oh shit he had nothing to do with it either time, but promoters smartly were like, it's his heart punch. It will literally kill you. He's killed at least two people. Yeah. So like it, he, I would, mean, that's great. The hype is built in. It would piss people off then when he would do it. Like you're going to kill that mother. <laughs> you killed two <laughs> men. Know what happened Somebody should arrest him. <laughs> uh, Anyway, so Oxbaker, yeah, he was just this freaking uh, one of these great monster heels before we ever had, you know, Andre or, or whatever that just took it to this next level where it was like, oh, you got to be gigantic. But he also trained one of the best monster heels of all time. You know what I'm saying? A little guy named Mark Calloway, a.k.a. Thundertaker. Really? Uh-huh. From yeah. parts unknown. From parts unknown. The very same. Yeah, he went, he went to, he went to uh, Oxbaker's wrestling school, and that's that's how he got his start. Is is he the one that trained him how to be tall and slow? <laughs> yep. Before that, he was just like a little skinny guy who was super quick. Super fast. Yeah, and he was like, no, be tall. Don't be slow. Rey Mysterio. Slow it down. <laughs> yes. Big it up. Mark Calloway used to be Rey Mysterio. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, I should be tall? Oh, okay. I'll I do need it. to big it up, he said. I'll big up, yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> awesome, man. So this guy's like a bona fide yeah. character. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. So, like, this is one of those things where, like, um, probably because, you know, it, it was it came out before either of us were ever born, uh, y- you don't recognize him instantly, but we do recognize Roddy Piper. Right. So, like, if you had gone to see this in 81, you would have been like, that's that fucking badass hill that, kill, that kills people. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. 
the tone of this movie is interesting. Yeah, it like, is. It is, it is at its heart an action movie. Yeah, but it's also so like bleak mm-hmm. and nihilistic and kind of low key in a lot of ways yeah. that I can't really think of a lot of things I would compare it to. It's like it is futuristic, but it's not. Blade Runner. It is yeah. action packed, but it's not Terminator. Right. It has its own unique pace to it that I can't think I can get from any other movie. No. Yeah. The only things I would compare it to would be other Carpenter films, but even yeah. then, like, I don't know that he's ever made another movie quite like this. Not really, yeah. man. And it's just so unmistakably, mistakably, mistakenly, <laughs> unmistakably, unmistakably. Uh huh. John Carpenter, it like is. the way that this movie looks, I think is fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think it is gorgeous. It's it is. super well lit. It's yeah. extremely crisp. Like whatever yeah. transfer I streamed the other night, I think it was on HBO Max. HBO Max, yeah. yeah. The transfer was fantastic. Yeah, it looks great. It so looks crisp, man. There's just something about like, especially this era of Carpenter where I guess whatever he was choosing to light stuff with yeah. is really appealing to me. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Uh, the second, the second uh, Carpenter like image flashes up, I could tell you it's Carpenter. Yeah, dude, and yeah. it's it's hard to explain because like this entire movie is at nighttime. Yeah, in a you know fucking super bleak, burnt out city mm-hmm. prison colony. It's very dark, but at the same time, I can always see everything very well. Yeah, it never. Yeah, you're never like, what is What's going happening? on? Who it's is always that? so perfectly lit. Yeah, that but it's, it's like dark still. Exactly, it's lit so that you see it so perfectly, but you your brain never registers it as bright. No. Yeah. Gorgeous looking movie. Yeah, it is. I think that looks great, and of course, that's aided by the special effects and stuff too. Which, yeah. dude, I can't really find fault with anything. No. No, it. Uh, I mean, like, you're obviously getting some like '80s perspective on what computers would look like, but also that is that that kind of is the future we imagined in the '80s. So it like kind of just perfectly encapsulates that while still looking good. Like yeah. it doesn't. You don't think about when it shows the like sort of supercomputers that it's just like lights and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, flashing lights yeah, and plastic just, buttons. None of that registers as, as like out of place. It just kind of fits perfectly. And so it's like, yeah, that's this future. That's what it looks like. But then the genius is, is that not only did they kind of capture that idea of what we thought it would be, they did it better than computer technology could have done back then. Yeah. It's like, let's say the wireframe models and stuff. Right. Like, what if they're flying over the city and you see the wireframes of the buildings on the radar and yeah. shit? Like... They didn't have the budget to do that. Also, it would have taken fucking a year, yeah. I'm sure, to program that on a computer. So what they did is they took the miniature model of New York that they built, spray painted it black, mm-hmm. and then a guy put fucking tape around all the outlines of the buildings and slowly panned a camera over it. Perfect. Yeah. And then looks they, great. they put that on the little screens in the in the plane or whatever. Yeah. And it looks fucking awesome. It looks like a great wireframe model. And it's not. It's real, actually. Yeah. That's so fucking smart. It is. And, and, like, you know, that that probably comes from working with the great uh, special effects guys, Jimmy James Camera being, Cameron being one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Th- it's just that um, Carpenter has always gravitated toward that, the practical. Like, can we do this practically? Keep can it real we do if you this can. As, as real as possible? And, you know, it, it it's something we 
continually praised uh, throughout action on action August. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> We've continually praised the the this like late eighties, early nineties, or you know eighties through uh, early nineties dedication to practicality, being as practical as possible because computers couldn't do it. Yeah. They couldn't do the things you wanted to do, and if they did it, it just didn't look as good as anything else you might do practically. And, I, I gosh, I mean, we've said it a million times. It just feels like a broken record. It just feel like it would be better to go back to that mentality. Yes. To see computers as the last resort. I know, right? Yeah. Instead of the first option always. Well, I mean, a large portion of that has to do with the fact that the uh, CGI people aren't unionized. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So you go for computers because you, uh, you can go to South Korea and get computer-generated imagery for cheap. Huh, yeah. But if you're going to use anybody working in effects in Hollywood, you got to pay them union salaries. Oh, you're going to have to pay them what they're worth. Yes, exactly. So if you want good art, you have to pay for it. Oh, crazy. How unique. Yeah. What a perspective. <laughs> and how shocking it is that people don't do it. Yeah. Huh. I just, yeah. Enjoy your free podcast, motherfuckers. <laughs> Did I just say that? What? You did. A little on the nose, yeah, huh? Came bit. in a little too hot. Sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Rate and review on iTunes. Give it a good review. We love you Do all. Do you think? Yeah. I'll say, too, the matte paintings and stuff in this are fucking fantastic. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of times in movies from this era where if they're doing a scene with a matte painting, where whether it's a full matte painting or something where there's, like, a real bit of scenery with the background blocked out and they've put a matte painting in, yeah. where sometimes the matte paintings can look kind of jumpy. Yes. Like they kind of look like they're twitching a little mm-hmm. bit, and it's just moving a pixel or two here and there. Yeah. But like, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Everything in this looks rock solid. Yeah. Like, there's no point in this where I'm just like, "Well, that looks fucking." Fake That's like a lot of times with matte paintings, you'll see it's just a still, not even like they've shot it. Yeah. Like they've just got a still projected in the background so that it doesn't do that sort of shaky bit. Uh huh. This, yeah, it's matte just paintings are great, steady, man. beautiful, perfect shots. I'll tell you this, though, man. One bit of matte painting that I wish they would have done in one of these street scenes or something is the goddamn scene that's on the movie poster with the head of the Statue of Liberty toppled and it's just like laying in a street somewhere. That's on the fucking poster. But it's not a thing. But it's not in the movie. Like, I feel like, I mean, obviously building a full scale, you know, model of the head of the Statue of Liberty and all that jazz, or maybe having a scene where it crashes down or something, that would be a huge bit of budget. Yeah. Uh, that they did not have on hand to make this. But, man, it seems like you could have, like, matte painted that. It could have just been in the background. It didn't have to be, like, a main yeah. focal point or anything like that because that's such a cool thing. And it really, honestly, reminds me of the way that, like, YouTube thumbnails and shit like that work where, like, right. there's so much stuff now in YouTube thumbnails where the the thumbnail will kind of be advertising one thing and you watch the video and it's, it's like, like well, this is not there. that, yeah. No. Yeah, okay, so I wonder, all right, so they... They shot on Liberty Island. They they actually were the first film to shoot on Liberty Island. Really? Shoot night shots on Liberty Island. It's like some yeah. of the only Manhattan stuff they did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so three months before they shot there, there was a bomb, uh, a bombing at the, the museum on Liberty Island. No shit. Yeah. So I wonder if that has something to do with why like i wonder if they maybe shot something like that and they were like oh we can't show that too soon too soon uh but i don't know i mean 
it, it seems like it's one of those things that just like maybe an overeager uh, painter was like, it'd be cool if that was that way. And they were like, that actually is really cool. That we'll go with it. It's it looks not awesome. in the movie, but it is cool. <laughs> Dude, it looks yeah, so good. The poster for this, I think, is iconic. Yeah, it is. Fucking awesome poster in here, man. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that that. It's interesting to think about, like, so there was a bombing of Liberty Island three months before this was shot in 1980. Uh, but anybody watching now, the only thing you're thinking about is, so that's uh, it's the World Trade Center, huh? Yeah. And so, <laughs> so that's the terrorists almost, flying a plane into a building in New York City. Flying into a building in New York City. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I'll so, tell you what, honestly, like, it was kind of tough to watch those scenes at the first. Yeah, movie. It, was, it was a little bit just like, oh, that's fuck. I didn't really think about that. No, because again, it it has no connection to that. Uh huh. Like it's twenty years before it. So, but it's, I'm just saying they knew something. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It all starts right here, hidden in plain sight. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> so yeah, that that just it does feel weird. It's also really funny that he runs up the stairs at the World Trade Center. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they when they run down them it like shows Big Brain and and uh what's it Maggie being like kind of out of breath from running down. But they don't show him being out of breath from running up. He's fucking shredded, dude. It's fine. <laughs> so yeah, it's in such great shape. Just cardio. He ran the stairs of the World Trade Center. That's that, I don't even remember how tall that was. It was very tall though. Jesus Christ. It's kind yeah. of its thing. You know, one character we didn't mention in here that is just irrationally fucking weird and fucking intense. Yeah. Um, what what is his name? Romero. Romero. Yeah, played by Frank, Frank Doubleday. Frank Doubleday, super sloppy yeah. Doubleday. They called him. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Kurt Russell has said that his his performance kind of sets the tone for everything, and I agree. Like, I could use more of him in this. One hundred percent. But like, it really is like. You know, they have the crash into New York and then uh, the uh, hawk or hawk uh, goes down there to find the president and you get Romero there like basically saying he's like the mouth of Sauron. Yeah, he's the mouth of Sauron. He's like, you got 20 seconds to leave or we kill him. And that's like he seriously just counts and it is so intense already and he's got that fucking hair. Yeah, damn Goku hair. Yeah. and, And then like every scene he's in. Everything he does is extra plus plus, dude. Like he does, he takes his glasses off by reaching across his face <laughs> and grabbing, yeah, the the rim Straight and line, pulling right. them off. Like it's just so weird, very bizarre. And then like whenever they shoot the briefcase and he goes over to grab the tape, it's like he's almost like trying to seduce the president for a second. He gives him these like weird yeah. fuck me eyes or something. Yes, it like I love everything Romero does is just like so over the top, and and, and he like every scene he's in, you're paying attention to him, and then even oh, yeah. his death is super like over the top. Totally, yeah. dude. He's totally carrying that tradition of like. It's not the main villain you need to be worried about. Yeah. It's his head henchman. Yeah, his henchman is it's the, the crazy It's the diehard one. shit, man. Yeah. It's all that yes. stuff. He is totally nailing that thing, and he yeah. looks weird as shit. Like, I know I've seen that guy in a lot of other stuff, right? Yeah, he's in other stuff. He, he's, he's in Assault on Precinct 13. Which I haven't seen that, man. You need to see that Me one. Me too. Yeah, that's a good one. But yeah, he, he's he's great in this, and like without him, because like Isaac Hayes is, is great, Yeah, but as you said, Isaac Hayes, he's not a villain. Not really. The Duke is in no way a villain. He seems to be sort of like channeling 
all these people into one sort of like uh, unit. Let's all work together. I understand you're all prisoners. Maybe you need to see some violence every once in a while. But also we got to work together to get the fuck out of here. But with Romero, no idea what his wild card. He's a wild. You never know what his real intentions or motives are other than getting new clothes. Seems that way. Yeah. Yeah. He loves getting new hats. Uh, I didn't notice it until the the second time I was rewatching through it. He's got some great fingernails. Like, he's got red fingernail yeah, polish on. Yeah, he does, man. Yeah. yeah. Styling, man. So, yeah, like, he he's real over the top and really does set the tone for, like, the weirdness. He's a lot more Mad Maxy. He is, yes. And, and that's the thing about this. Like, I wanted to offer this up as a critique about the movie where I'm yeah. like, it seems like some of the costumes and character designs are, like, kind of inconsistent. But I think that's because in this crazy fucked up miniature world that is the island of manhattan this prison colony i think it's because there are so many different little like miniature tribes and sects that have split off into their own thing yeah and he's just from a different part of the island or whatever than everybody else is you know what i'm saying it's like he's like a different tribe of these criminals living on this seems island yeah i think i think you're right i like um it's, yeah, it's very Warriors Mad Max in that way. Very much yeah. like the Warriors in that yeah. way. I need to watch that movie again. It's been so <laughs> it's long. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long like time either. I remember it being weirder than I thought but it I, would be. But the thing is, Warriors is taking from Clockwork Orange, obviously, sure. too. Yeah. So again, we're like, uh, we're we, there's a clear through line of dystopian futures where you got gangs wearing crazy outfits and, and all this stuff. So yeah, it, it it's interesting that Carpenter was able to put it all together in what could still be seen today as a pretty straight line action movie. Yeah. Like when you talk about Mad Max, it feels like an overly like, like the most outside dystopia you could imagine where like it is these people who are just a motorcycle gang roving and murdering people for fun. Whereas this feels, especially with American politics possible yeah <laughs> it's, true it's also just because of it that feeling possible angle to it it still works like you go back and watch mad max now and it's like yeah that's like way over the top and in fact embracing that is what makes fury road so great hell yeah that it's just this super over the top sort of thing whereas escape from new york just feels like in the realm of robocop where it's like oh this is a little off very possible for sure right yeah. yeah effects and everything cast everything absolutely fantastic the miniature work in this is great um how about those guns though <laughs> how about I, them guns i love okay so uh snake's gun is a mac 10 with a suppressor on the end a noise but, suppressor yeah which um doesn't fully come into play i think they were just trying to make it look futuristic or but, more imposing. Like or make more it imposing. Bigger, yeah, yeah. It's bigger. But also he has a long range scope attached to the suppressor. <laughs> and as a guy with one eye, I can't imagine <laughs> him like pulling the Mac 10 like to his eye. Yeah. And shooting it like he it, And it has like no stock either. So yeah. it's like pulling it up at that angle. It's like that gun's flying over your yes. shoulder. 
right? And also, it's not meant for long range. That's what anyway. I was gonna say. Like the idea of having a scope on a fucking alley sweeper. Yes, it's just like why would you do that? You're gonna snipe somebody with yeah. that? What are you doing? It really is just to make it look more futuristic, I guess. And I, I mean, Blade Runner goes with that too. You know, yeah. they got the gun with the two triggers, and it's like why? <laughs> yeah, but why? Yeah, you know. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit silly. Again, the suppressor doesn't suppress shit as no. far as I can tell. No. At no point, do, yeah, does it sound silenced in any way. It's right. Just, yeah, the, the, the gun is, is weird. I, I mean, we don't see any, everything else is just normal. His gun is weird. I think it's like they, they really wanted to have him have this, like, signature piece. Yeah. And it, it works for him, but it's also like if you – question it for even a second it's like yeah that doesn't make it's sense like, wait that's kind of yeah. dumb though <laughs> yeah. and of course also too though for being like as much of an action flick as this is and as much like gunplay and shit as there is in it not all that much gore or kills no not really i mean even when he gets like the you know the um what is it uh what is on an arrow what do they call that uh crossbow yeah whatever the guy shot into his leg yeah damn it <laughs> it must been yes uh, when it, yeah, we don't see any blood or anything. We bad. just know he's in pain. But by the end, we get Maggie getting squished between the two cars. Brutal. Which is brutal. Which apparently, too, they originally didn't film that. They showed like the car smashing into the car that she was standing behind or whatever, mm-hmm. but it never showed her body. And test audiences found that like too confusing. Yeah. So John Carpenter, in typical John Carpenter fashion. There so you go. Dude, the thing is, is they went back and they fucking filmed that in her driveway. Seriously. Seriously. So that shot where it cuts to her and she's laying on the pavement, she's got blood all over and there's like a car parked over her. That was in her driveway. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's really cool. Like, that's just some John Carpenter shit, man. It is. And then, uh, of course, uh, Isaac Hayes getting shot down by the president. Just getting obliterated ruthlessly, dude. And the thing is that that's not like... That's not a victorious moment, I don't think. I don't think anybody could take it as a victorious moment. I know, moment. right? Like, yeah. so far in the movie, you've kind of been like, oh, man, the Duke is the guy that's going to kill the good guy, Snake Plissken. He's the mm-hmm. bad guy. And then the fucking president mows him down while, like, talking shit and doing it giddily. Like, yeah. He's so stoked to be fucking and killing this guy. And he also uses Snake as bait. He stops yeah. him from being, like, pulled up the wall so that the guy will continue coming forward so he can shoot him. And it's yeah. just like... Yeah, and, and then we get the conversation between Snake and the president where, again, the president's just proven to be, like, ineffective. Yeah, like Snake is like, a lot of people died to save your yep. life. How do you feel about that? And he's just callous as shit. Yep. Like, yeah, killing the bad guy doesn't even feel like, yay, victory. Yeah. It's just like, Jesus Christ, dude. And then you expect him because he says to Hulk, I'm going to kill you when I get back. And then Hulk's like, so you're going to kill me now? And he he, he doesn't. You expect kind of it like at that point where he's discovered that the president is this callous idiot and he he's not going to get to kill the guy that he sees as responsible for his uh, suicide squad type of situation. Totally. They, I mean, this is suicide squad. I know. Right. Took this, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but I, I read up on that. It, it was like 87 when they started with oh, the yeah, bomb collars. So they definitely came from here. Um, but uh, he's not going to get. To, to kill this guy, but he's got the tape. He's got this tape that they were after that was basically going to solve this issue between China, Russia, and America, and he's stolen it. He's basically now thrown them back into World War. Yeah. 
as revenge for what they did. And that's the thing that I was going to ask you about, too, is like, do you think that they were trying to save the president himself or were they just trying to save that tape? Yeah, I wonder how much the president actually mattered. Because he's such a fucking buffoon. He is. Also, a a very English buffoon. With (laughs) he's the most British president we've had since Washington, probably. What? (laughs) Good old Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Bless his heart. Yeah, bless his heart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but so yeah, the the ending is so nihilistic and like fuck the world. That's the impression that I get. Where Mm -hmm. it's just like even if a you know again, I'm thinking this from the perspective of of Vietnam vets and stuff. Where it's like even if a Vietnam vet who'd been treated like shit and called a baby killer and all this kind of shit as soon as he came home from the war was sent to save the president. He would probably be as fucking nihilistic and stuff about that. Yes, as yeah. Snake is at the end of this movie. I mean, yeah, he, he's just walking and ripping up that tape. Like he could yeah. at least resell that tape for millions of dollars or whatever. Yeah, but instead he's just fucking ripping it up. Like fuck this. Like all this is going to lead to is there's going to be more war. These people are going to stay imprisoned on Manhattan Island. It's just going to get worse. So just fuck it. I mean, it's continually proven to uh, thinking soldiers throughout. To I mean, even. The Civil War, you can look back. Uh, World War One, you can see just so many people disillusioned with the idea that they were supposedly fighting for. Yeah, and the idea that they would then <laughs> they would then hold the person responsible for for that in the palm of their hand. Basically, they have this moment to screw that person over. Why would they not take it? Well, dude, I mean, just to make it fucking real, like, yeah, how do you feel like everybody that's living here in the States right now that lost a damn arm or a leg or more right. in Afghanistan is for nothing right now? for literally Actually to, nothing. to fully rearm the Taliban with more weapons than they had. Oh, great. In the first place. Great. And to provide them with bases and dude, tons and tons of intel about how th- the United States armed forces work. Yeah, like we spent, yeah. what, fucking 20 years over there, and literally 24 hours after we left is like, and it's gone. And like $6 trillion, too, and Holy we don't even f- have medical care. And God knows care. how many human fucking lives, man. Yeah. What a fucking joke. Yeah. So it's like, if you went through that for the end result of the Afghanistan war, yes. you'd probably be feeling pretty fucking disenfranchised, too. Yeah. There's probably a lot of snake pliskins in America right fucking now. Probably so. And they damn deserve to be. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they deserve to be pissed off and uh, put in the same situation. I would completely understand them taking the snake Pliskin route. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing that's so cool to see, man. I mean, and it's just a coincidence that our last three movies, I could say all these things about where I'm like, isn't it crazy how well these things saw into the future? RoboCop, T2, this movie, they were, you know, made in the way back times. (laughs) Yeah. But man alive, did those directors and stuff ever have a clear idea of just yeah. how things were going to go based on Reaganomics, Nixon, Nixon everything yeah. that was going on in that era? Yeah, it, it was it was clear. I mean, that's the thing. And I, I think I said it probably two weeks ago. But, you, you know, we we knew what would happen if uh, Trump became president. We knew what would happen if Biden became president. Yeah. We see those things play out. Nothing is a surprise. Nope. It's only a surprise when you're young and you really truly believe propaganda that then when you're constantly seeing the disproof of that propaganda, you're like, wait a second, 
maybe that's not how the world works. And you think hmm. you're the first person to ever think that. Nope. Actually, people have been thinking it for a while because maybe this whole thing is not how the fucking world works. And maybe. we kind of suck at this and we probably should course correct. Uh, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, this is, this is uh, I think, you know, one of those great prescient movies, but also like because of its positioning with like, uh, as I said, Mad Max, the Warriors, etc. Like it can be kind of overlooked for what it does. And that is uh, it is in a lot of ways like, you know, we we see movies that would come afterward, like the running man running man has some similar sort of tone at sure. times. It goes way more over the top, but it goes way more yeah. over the top. This, I think same thing as like the hunger games, for example, exactly, which is essentially yeah. the fucking running man. Right. Let's be exactly. Honest. So like th- this is like the beginning platform for going way over the top and getting us those Schwarzenegger films and all these other great action films. We've seen that we love them for what they do, but, they rarely have the messages that something like Escape from New York has. Now we we've lost that. We got we got it through the the late eighties and early nineties, but we've lost that. Like everything's kind of become propaganda. Nothing is really questioning anymore. Everything's like actually everything's cool and all these people are great, but the real problem's Ultron. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like yeah, that would be scary, but the real problem isn't Ultron. It's uh, uh, the actual scary shit that we have going on where, uh, you know, basically our intelligence agencies are Ultron. And it would have been an interesting way for Marvel to go to say, like, oh, you know, compare Ultron and those intelligence agencies. But they didn't because that's not what it's about anymore. It's about sure. being over the top and not saying anything. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, we I love the MCU. Totally. But, like, uh, they don't have what these movies had. And sure. I think, you know, Action August has been quite a success for me and that uh, we've been able to pull out a lot of the horrific elements of these movies. That's true, yeah, because yeah. with all these flicks, even though they've not been necessarily horror movies yeah. straight up, like there are elements about them where it's just like, well, placed in our real-life, everyday lives are fucking horrific. Yep, yeah, it is It is the reality we face yeah. in, in some ways. So, yeah, that, I mean... Seems like it'd be even relevant if they remade this right now. Yeah, there is. Uh, okay, so there motions have been made toward a remake with Carpenter producing. Uh, at one point, Robert Rodriguez was uh, signed on to direct, mm. and that movie I'd watch. Wouldn't yeah. matter what it is. Sure, I'd watch it. Yeah, sure. Uh, but he has since. Uh, uh, no longer attached to the project. Well, never got, mind. Lee Wanell is attached as the writer. He's a, uh, you know, we know him. Saw. From, saw. Saint. From Saint. Uh, he, he has said he wants Wyatt Russell to play Snake Plissken. And Wyatt Russell, uh, b- being a smart guy, has said no fucking way that would destroy my idea. career yeah. to play a role that my dad absolutely nailed. 40 yeah. years ago. I mean, all that you're asking for <laughs> is for people to blow you up on the internet and be like, exactly. your dad did it better. You're not as good as your dad. It's like, well, okay. Yeah, I'm not as good as Kurt fucking Russell, but also, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to take that job because who wants to find out that? Who wants to find out like everybody thinks you're not as good as your dad? Yeah. So that's a pro move of him yeah. to sidestep that. Yeah. So I don't know if this is going to come about because uh, Leo Anel has also said that it's not like 
he's actively working on it right okay. now. So I just don't know if it needs to I don't be think remade. It, I mean, it didn't I think need it a still, sequel. Well, for sure. <laughs> I need to watch that sometime. You do. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. I heard it's not good. It loses a lot of the stakes. You know, uh, basically has similar like, uh, uh, premise. Yeah, to Escape from New York. Except instead of uh, fighting big wrestling man, he has to shoot some basketball shots. I don't think that's as good. No. <laughs> Stakes shoot some far basketball. lower. Now, apparently, though, what? in doing it, Kurt Russell did train to hit, because he has to, like, in the movie, he has to hit a certain number of shots from the three-point line, like, for in a certain amount of time. You're so and not saying he actually me on this. did it. So wow. that's pretty fucking well, cool. Oh, that's cool. But... Uh, yeah, it, I don't think it, it just, makes for a good movie though. No, it doesn't have anywhere near. But that, I mean, that's just Carpenter loving basketball, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It is known that he is definitely yeah. a huge fucking basketball fan. If they ever do a remake, I hope that he at least gets to do soundtrack. Because oh yeah, for sure. As usual, that. soundtrack in this is fucking awesome. So man. great. It's yeah. great. It's it not as like iconic as something like Halloween, Halloween for yeah. example. Yeah. Um, or even like They Live yeah. or Mouth of Madness. Some mm-hmm. of those have like really iconic themes and yeah. stuff to me. This one isn't as much, but it also kind of matches the movie. Yeah, just kind of low-key. Very key, stoic. Stoic, dark, but yeah, never never hitting any sort of like major crescendos. It does have that uh, uh, just like kind of siren, not siren, but kind of alarm noise yeah, totally. that goes off that really like does that job of pricking up the hairs on the back of your neck, just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Something's going on. Yeah. It's definitely cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, great soundtrack in this. I can't really think of anything that would have suited it better. No. And just in general, I don't really have a lot of complaints about this movie. I know no. a lot of people are like, there's not enough dialogue. There's so little dialogue in this movie and shit. And I'm like, what, you want people to fucking... What are they going to say? Talk and have, like, Kevin Smith conversations <laughs> yeah. in this? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like... The characterization is in the lack of dialogue. Like, you learn so much about characters by what they say and what they don't say. Yeah. Snake, we like him because he doesn't say much. He doesn't He doesn't come out as this particular type. His actions convey he is this particular type. He doesn't have to say it. Yeah, tell us. Show, don't tell, man. Yeah. Very well done. So, I don't know. Do you have any complaints about it? No, I love this movie. I mean, it's not a ten to me. No, it's not. I mean, it does. It's, it's not, not that it's, enjoyable. Exactly. It's not as entertaining as Robocop. Not as entertaining as uh, as Terminator Two. Uh, uh, amazingly well directed. Amazingly well acted and stuff. But yeah, it's not as enjoyable. It's. But it's also kind of the prototype, man. It it's is. like you can't yeah. really hold it to the standards of just like. Yeah. Wow, the first draft wasn't as good as drafts two and three and four. Right. Well, no shit. Yeah. He, what was he working on? He was working off of, of Clockwork Orange and Mad Max. And this movie looks nothing like nothing those. Nothing like those. Yeah. So it, it is something very different. And uh, so many other movies after it uh, obviously try to ape it or mimic it in sure. some way. So, But at the same time, as usual with first drafts, whether it be of songs or pieces right. of art or whatever... There is sort of this exciting spark about it yes. where it's just like we're on to something new yeah. that we've never done that nobody's ever really seen before. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not as buffed out as Revisions 2, 3, 4, right. seeing that initial spark of inspiration is still really neat. It me. is really neat. I, you know? Yeah, I do, I do love this movie. It is not, again, it's not one I'll watch as often as T2. Nah. I, I, obviously, I, I saw T2 a million more times than I saw this. Yeah. But uh, it's one that 
Yeah, if it's on, I'm fucking excited to watch it. And I'm happy to watch it with other people who haven't yeah. seen it and that kind uh, of shit. Absolutely. Show it to people who haven't seen it. It's it's one of those that people, I think, you know, it, it's so old. It's 40 years old. It's not one people go back Gosh. to a lot. You should. Go yeah. back to it. Maybe you aren't too, yeah. huh? What kind of a number are you going to slap on this thing? I'd say like an eight, eight and a half yeah. for me. Yeah. I'm thinking like seven and a half for okay. me. You know, just because, again, it's not one of those ones that's like a fucking heart pumping right. adrenaline thrill ride. Yeah. You know? Uh, but I, I still think it's just got so much character and just such a unique yeah. vibe to it. Like I said earlier, it's like I, I can't get this from any other movie. Yeah. I really like Harry Dean Stanton and Maggie. I like the way they play out that relationship because the one thing we know about them. Uh, Cabby says that the Duke gave her to Brain to like calm him down or whatever. Yeah. And so like the relationship we see is like, you know, we, we don't know for sure. And she seems a little like, uh, she seems to kind of see him as stupid a little bit. Like, like he makes bad decisions, but she's also immediately defensive of him. And like the second he gets killed, she has, she feels she has no reason to live immediately. Mm, yeah. She just wants to murder the person that killed him. Or not even killed him is responsible for his death. Sure. Like, so like their relationship plays out in a way where like we're never told all this. Like we get enough exposition to know that their relationship is very complicated and 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 weird, but like it's never made overt. But then in that moment when she's like willing to die for him, it's uh, it's very clear. Like oh oh she really loved this man. Yeah. Who also made a lot of very bad decisions all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking great movie. I look forward to hearing what you guys think about this over on our social media pages, which I'll you can uh, find on that Linktree page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, link, uh, linked linked.ee forward slash dead and lovely. That's yeah. us. Uh, we're on the Twitter and Instagram at dead lovely pod, uh, uh, facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely pod. Uh, head on over there. Also, right. patreon.com. This movie Today we covered was a Patreon pick. Chris Chandler put this in the bowl, pulled it. We just reviewed it once a month. We pull from our $5 patron submissions and we review whatever the hell that movie is. And that's right. We do. That's how it goes. They're usually really good. The, uh, they've been great. We, I mean, the bowl is just full of great movies. So head on over there. If you want us to get to your movie, become a $5 patron. That's right. But even just for $1 a month, you get access to all kinds of bonus episodes. That's right. TV test pilots, our first episode TV review show. We've yeah. also got a lot of other stuff with like old horror movie, uh, well, like horror series episodes yeah, and shit yeah, that we've horror done. Horror adjacent stuff, yeah. Yeah, all that stuff's available, all kinds of bonus content, even for just 1 buck a month. And uh, yeah, hang out at that Facebook group. It's a good old time. It Rate is. and review on iTunes helps us out a lot. And I'll tell you what, Steve. Tell me what. I am looking forward to question mark <laughs> next week's movie. Yeah. I've only seen it one time. Yeah, me too. Really? And it was the nineties. Oh yeah. shit. Uh-huh. So you've not seen this in a mm-hmm. long fucking time. No, it's been forever. And I, I'll probably go back through and watch several of them, but we haven't gotten back to the Hellraiser franchise That's in a right. while. That's right. We did number one, which is, of course, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Number two, which is uh, it's better know, than all the others. It after is, it. Yeah. for sure, right? Uh-huh. And next week, we're going to be talking about part three. Is that uh-huh. Hell on Earth? 
I can't remember. Bloodlines, Hell. I think it's it, Hell on Earth. It's Hellraiser three. Hellraiser three. The one with the CDs. Oh man! <laughs> if you know, you know. If you know, you know. I have a feeling it's not going to be good. I have a feeling you are correct. I'm excited <laughs> actually to get back to it though because. All I have are vague memories of watching it and being like, what the fuck? As a kid. So totally. this will be fun. Yeah, I think so. So be sure to tune in for that one right there. Thank you guys for all the Patreon support. Thanks for rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. You guys have been fantastic. Yeah, that's true. We've been dead and lovely. Uh-huh. I've been Uncle Ben. Hollywood Steve. You guys rule. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Love you. Do you think that Elmer's glue is like O'Doul's for people that used to huff glue all the time? <laughs> <laughs> like maybe they yeah. just get a craving for the old times. Yeah. But, you know, they want to avoid nuking brain cells and stuff like that. Right, so they just so. squirt a bunch of Elmer's school glue in a bag and just <laughs> huff on it. I think so. I, I mean, it's, it's bound to have saved some lives. Surely, right? Yeah. Might we call it O'Gluels? <laughs> O'Gluels. <laughs> The non-alcoholic or the non-inhalant alternative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like sniffing glue would lead one to play with Elmer's glue. Like, yeah. I feel like you get real zooted on some glue or some markers or whatever, and then you like do that thing where you cover your hand cover in your glue hand and then it, peel yeah. it off. Yeah. Yeah. Or just do it on your I bet if you got zooted on glue, maybe you just cover your whole self in Elmer's. I'm in for it. I'm here for it. Yes. Bring it on. Oh, ghouls. <laughs> Coming soon from Dead and Lovely. <laughs>